find any mob bosses. Well, Sergeant. Oh, it's Lieutenant now. You really started something. Bent cops running scared. Hope on the streets. But the narrows is lost. Have I still haven't picked up Crane or half the inmates of Arkham that he freed? We will. We can recover that. What about escalation? Escalation. We start carrying semi-automatics, they buy automatics. We start wearing Kevlar. They buy armor-piercing rounds. And you're wearing a mask. Jumping off rooftops. Take this guy. Armed robbery, double homicide. Got a taste for the theatrical, like you. Leaves a calling card. said thank you. Sarah Dillon. Well chosen. Now that, that just made me so much more excited for the movie. Uh, so we have a uh, we have a The Dark Knight announcement coming up here in just a few minutes. So be listening. Right here on this very fun radio program, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends, Roman neighbors, uh, entertainment enthusiasts of all ages, stripes and types, uh, we have an announcement about The Dark Knight uh, coming your way shortly. Uh, why, hello, it is 5 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of June of the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. The talker, this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Extravaganza, an excursion into whimsy. Uh, Kip, get my rope. It's 503-733-2970. You'd like to join us today. 503-733-2970. Uh, if your comments, questions, clarifications, ruminations, musings, limericks, no haiku, just limericks. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, or the somewhere in between, the just plain unclassifiable or perverse. It's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. All right. Hey, speaking of contacting us, by the way, remind me to read this thing about about text messaging here in a second. I got a, a listener. Well, I'll just read it now. Uh, this because Michael Mara. I think we're running a Michael Mara promo right now, where he's talking about how you can. He said the, the, the myriad, the various ways in which you can contact everybody in the Michael Mara show, and he's like you can call, you can email, you can fax, you can text, you can whatever. So this guy says, um, first off, says I just want to say that you, 
Maybe I shouldn't read this. He's comparing us favorably to another talk show host by name who he diminishes. Just say blank. Okay. First off, I want to say you're way better than Kenny Vance. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Is Kenny Vance still a talk show host? I thought he was like a realtor or something. I don't really know. Realtor. I noticed that Mark and Brian have an option for listeners to... Boy, it's talking about people who you forgot were even on the air. Mark and Brian. Jesus, really? Are they still around? <laughs> Apparently so. Good God. What a year is this? I noticed that Flo and Eddie have a text have a text message for option for you, Rick. Mark and Brian. Alright. Really, what about Bob and what about Bob and Ray? Can I can I text message something to Bob and Ray? Alright. How about to Rosemary Clooney? Alright, in any event. I noticed that Red Buttons has this option here for a MySpace account. Anyway. Uh it says Mark and Brian have an option for listeners to text message to the show. What are the chances you'll get that option? I'm never in a position to sit on hold and I don't work near a computer. What are my choices for bread? Derek. So I don't even know. Now, I know that I'm a, a, a whatever, that I'm so I'm allegedly tech savvy and so forth, but I don't really know how this works or what this means. So the when people text message to the show, how does that work? They just, if they want a text message, they can just, instead of putting in a number, they write the email address in the send out like if like to you know rick at 970.am so is that what he means when he says i noticed that mark and brian have an option for listeners to text message the show what are the chances you could get that option so he already has the option he just doesn't know it is that the deal oh, or is he talking, talking about, about instant messaging? is he talking about instant messaging that he might be, be talking about instant or i emming um, I well, don't do either. I'm certainly not going to be doing that. I mean, if you, yeah, if you would like to, Richie, if you'd like to set up some sort of instant, me- yeah, Richie does have Richie an instant would be the most inter- entertaining person I think to talk to. Yeah, if you really want to while away the workday hours by text messaging or instant messaging Richie Bristol, have at it, friend. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to do that, and I don't mean to sound out of touch or like it, like an ass. I just, it's just to be one more thing. You know what I mean? I mean, here we already have. We have phone calls to keep track of. I have the email to keep track of. Uh, I mean, I guess that's it. I have MySpace, although I don't really check that during the show. It's just, it, 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 can you imagine how unbelievably disorganized and fragmented and distracted I would be if I had yet one more thing to be tracking? It's I mean, too much multitasking. Seriously, I just, it's all I can do to sort of keep track of my life now. Uh, and I've only got three things to check. You had something else, especially instant messaging. And I think with the deal with that, people could just be constantly... I mean, it could just and be, plus there'd be a delay... So they would instant message, but it would be a minute later. It wouldn't even be instant. Yeah. It would be like, it'd be sort of like Uncle Ben's instant rice, which really is an instant. That takes several minutes to make. That's a falsely labeled product is what in instant rice. First of all, instant rice doesn't even make any sense. Does that mean that one moment there is no rice in the box, the next minute there is rice in the box? There is no spoon. It just doesn't make any sense. Look, suddenly there's instant rice. Ta-da! And the great gazoo just puts rice in front of you. If you're implying that the rice is instantly cooked, that would at least be more accurate, although it's still wrong, because that's not instant. I think instant means... You know, that means nothing, actually, now that I think about it, because it's an ill-defined unit of time. It is is a nondescript time measurement unit. I'm going to quit talking about this now. Did I mention we have news about the Dark Knight? Ah, In your face. All right, so uh, we'll... uh, Anyway, so no, sir. Thank you for your... No. Uh, if you'd like to join us today, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will join us. We'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum uh, as well. Uh, Jim Roop will join us from Los Angeles. Aaron Geek in the city Duran will join us today. He will have a review of the new Angelina Jolie film, Wanted. 
about which opinion seems to be very polarized. People I respect have disliked it, and people I respect have liked it so far. So I am... Aaron, uh, well, I won't tip my hat. I think I know what Aaron's review of it is going to be. Uh, the thing is, here's the thing it about... It looks so stupid. I gotta tell you, I'm though. I'm trying, uh, you know, and it looks like an interesting concept. It looks so dumb. I gotta tell you this. So I read a review of it last night, and the review was so negative, it almost makes me want to see it, because the review I read last night wasn't even saying, like, it's boring or it's silly. The review I read last night on Ain't It Cool actually contained phrases like, this movie is bad for society. He actually said, this movie represents a step back for all of humanity. <laughs> wow. So, and he, uh, he also called it morally irresponsible. And so the best way to get me to see something is to call it morally irresponsible. Uh, that being said, maybe it's just tedious, but the reviews do seem to say that it's sort of like, this is an irresponsible film to have made. So that's almost enough to get me to see it. Um, that'll, have to take a, that'll have to take second seat, though, to Wally, uh, which is what I'm going to be seeing tomorrow. I'm not going to try to see it tonight. You see it tonight, it's just going to be kids. Wall I mean, it's going to be wall-to-wall kids tomorrow anyway. Um, but, I mean, I'm not going to see that tonight. I'm not going to see the opening day. Uh, all right, what are we doing here? Oh, let's see. Uh, so, anyway, Aaron will be here to review Wanted with Angelina Jolie. Uh, he will also be bringing his top five prom songs. The top five songs from Aaron Durant's prom. Um, oh, also, some personal trainers are going to be in here to poke my spongy flesh. Uh, so, we've got uh, Adrian and Christopher, pair of personal trainers. I think Adrian does personal training at 24-hour fitness, and then they both do a sort of on-site thing, like a fitness boot camp sort of a deal. Uh, so they're going to be here, and they're going to figure out exactly how fat uh, I really am. Let's see what else. Um, I think we have one more pair of passes to Earth when it fires, so we'll do uh, goth or not for that. Uh, your phone calls and uh, whatnot. Did I mention we have a big dark night announcement coming up? We'll get to that in here in a second. Also, there's a small dog in the studio. If you hear some sort of panting or yipping noise in the background, that's probably... You know what? I, I found the trick. If I face him this way, because he just yips because he can see people in there. Mm -hmm. But if I face him this direction, he's totally fine. All right. <laughs> just, you know, you got to put those horse blinder things on him so he can just he can only go straight ahead. <laughs> Adrian Zinn has, has a dog today in his dog daycare business upstairs. Is that true? Yes. Is it, it's not his, though. It's like another dog he's a watching. Boston Terrier. I don't think that's his. I no, forget I what kind of dog Dave has. I think Shelby's here as well too. His place was just dog central. Well, Dave was very. Dave was nice enough to watch Max uh, for the few days that I was gone uh, a couple weeks ago. So Dave really good does have a sort of a. It's like having a floating craps game. You like some some side business of dog daycare up at the front desk. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification on this Friday. So I don't know how they count this, but at last count they claim there are six thousand five hundred bike trips on the Hawthorne every day. And it's going up as more and more people are riding to work. I know why they do, because I've seen those wires laying across the sidewalk. Oh, the, oh the I hadn't really thought about that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those wires on the sidewalk are like the wires in the road where they count bicyclists. How does it, how does it know it's a bicycle and, and not somebody with round feet? Good point. Yeah, what about somebody with round line? feet. Yes. Like Rosie the Robot? Yes. Okay. That, I, I don't know the answer to. Or like a wheelchair? But I think the, well, it could be a wheelchair. Feet? But I think the theory is that unless you are on some sort of wheeled device, they, the two wires are put close enough together that you're not going to step on both of them. Okay. I'm just making that up. Oh, you're right, because there are two of them. Yeah. So you, you would probably not step on both of them yet. Uh, there's a crane accident in Southeast this morning. An alleged RV thief is shot when caught in the act on Marine Drive. This is Bill Gates' last day at Microsoft. Hillary and Obama are speaking together in New Hampshire. Uh, there's a mistaken idea that Independence Day is owned by Will Smith. Well, his uh, 
That won't happen this Fourth of July. Boy, you know, critics of his boy, that film. new movie just looks bad. And I like Will Smith. I really do. He's a charismatic oh, he's a guy. Drunken superhero. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. an interesting concept, though, don't you think? I mean, it, here's the thing. It's an interesting concept that a guy with superpowers doesn't have the superpower, doesn't have the superhero personality. In other words, in movies, if you have superpowers, you're either the villain or you're the good guy. You know what I mean? You either do right or you do wrong. And Hancock, the whole theory is that he has superpowers, but he just doesn't give a rip, and so he's just like a drunken, he's just like a drunken ass. Um, it's an interesting concept. The movie, though, looks terrible. Uh, I'm just, it's, you know, which is, which is a regrettable thing. Because he does seem to have these misfires about every three years. Uh, see also Wild Wild West, by the way. <laughs> in other news, uh, it's become more and more apparent as the days go on that Madonna and Guy Ritchie have fallen out of love. Now... Uh, me, me, me sues over a sex tape with a model. It still hurts, says uh, uh, Miley Cyrus. She's speaking of a Vanity Fair photo scandal. A Florida man dies after a vodka drinking contest. All right, then. <laughs> Is that a Darwin <laughs> Did he win? I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I guess that's a, I guess that's. I guess that's the shot glass half empty, Tim. All right. Uh, Join the day as always by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. How are you today? Hello. Did I mentioned we have a Dark Knight announcement coming up? And I know it. All right. I'm so excited. Honestly, I, I was like vibrating and like playing that, that clip before the yeah. show. Yeah, it is right, so but... exciting. I don't even know like what to be excited for after this. Like, after The Dark Knight comes out. Your whole life is going to be over. It's all been leading up to this point. It's like how we always have post-listener party letdown, uh, you know, because we have weeks and weeks and weeks of building up to it, and the excitement and the, the nervousness, and, you, you know, you're, you're sort of jittering with anticipation, and then the listener party's over, and we have the recap day on Friday, and then we come into, we come into work the next week after the listener party, and it's sort of a well-documented phenomenon. At the Monday after a listener party, we all come in, and we're sort of like, well, I guess, what are we going to do now? Talk about Florida, I guess. I mean, it's, you know, and then it takes us a while to kind of get back in the groove. That's what it's going to be like after the dark night, once mm-hmm. it opens. Well, especially since celebrities have been so boring lately. Like, I'm... my blog is basically just solely consisted of, like, dark night. You've just you know, become the promotional arm of Warner that's Brothers. That's all I know. I'm such an idiot. That's all I do. I'm just like, oh, I find a new image or new, you yeah. know, some kind of viral marketing thing. Well, we should uh, go ahead and make this announcement then. Unless you have something exciting from last night you'd like to talk about. What did I do last night? No, I had um, water aerobics, which is awesome. Then went out with a bunch of friends for my friend's birthday. All right. Well, let's get right to this then. So, um, so as you know, we are looking forward with a giddy anticipation to the release of The Dark Knight, uh, starring uh, Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine. It's all very thrilling. So we are pleased to announce that we, AM970 right here, uh, we will be uh, present at... Uh, and In fact, let me see if I can get... Let me see if I can get Susan on the phone for this. I say just drawing this out further and further and farther and farther. I don't really know the difference between further and farther. I know one is... Good morning. Hi, Dave Zinn. How are you today? Yes. I'm good. Okay. Oh, my God. Hey, whose dog is that that you're watching today? It's Oliver. Rachel's dog. Oh, that's right. Okay. Hey, is Susan around? Here you go. Thank you. I want to make sure that I get the details of this correct. Hi, it's Susan. Susan Reynolds, Rick Emerson. How are you today? I am well. How are you, Rick? Uh, we're about to unveil the big announcement about the Dark Knight. Yes. All very right. exciting. So uh, this is the deal. So uh, we here at AM 970 will be present at the... This is the Regal Tiger 11? Uh, well, I know of it as the Tiger Cinemas, but yes, it's Regal I think Cinemas. That, yeah, the Regal Cinemas. Uh, so the Regal Cinemas in Tiger, we will be there on... 
Basic, basic. I mean, this, you, Jesus, we sat for like 20 minutes yesterday staring at the screen trying to figure out because we got so badly screwed on the Crystal Skull thing because it turned. we thought it was Friday, Thursday night. Then it turned out it really wasn't. It was Wednesday night, Thursday morning. So we sat there looking at the screen, squinting our eyes, furrowing our brows, trying to figure out what freaking day this was. Well, we know that it opens on Friday the 18th of July. So this so, is Thursday night, Friday morning, midnight. Yeah, let's say 12.01 a.m. Friday. All right. Except that when you go, well. except that when you go to the when you go to the website, it doesn't say that because I think they're legally constrained from saying Friday, right? Well, who knows? Uh, but it was confusing to us, and we're relatively smart people. We sat here. I swear, it took us about you know twenty five minutes to figure this thing it out. It was unbelievable because it said like opens Friday, and that you would, but then you would look at the ticket thing, and it would say Thursday. And we thought, well, what, what do you mean it opens Friday, but that's Thursday? Why wouldn't they just say Friday at twelve oh one? And it turns out that's like a legal thing with the studio. I think. I don't know. So, we're probably confusing everyone Jesus. all the more. But we figure when people line up, it will still be Thursday. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so you will be lining up late Thursday night, and at twelve oh. One on Friday, July 18th, at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard. AM 970 and the Rick Emerson Show will be there uh, for the world unveiling, the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight. Uh, and so we are inviting you all to come out. Now, just like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, let's have no illusions that we're going to be paying for anybody else. You will be buying your own ticket. You will be, uh, you will be hoofing it yourself. Uh, you'll be uh, getting there under your own power. But we will all be there. Uh, we will have, uh, we'll have giveaways. Uh, we'll be sort of, uh, you know, they'd work on the line. They're doing an announcement before the film. Uh, and most importantly, we will all get to share the bonding experience of seeing the Dark Knight at the same time. So... Uh, we are going to have a link put up at 970.am, I think, within the hour, yes. uh, that will allow people to do a direct, a direct link through and buy tickets. This is at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard, Thursday night, you know, late Thursday night, and then at 12.01 on Friday morning, July 18th. Join us at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard for the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight. Uh, so it's all very exciting. And by the way, let me just mention that the link that we're going to put up will take you directly into the page where you actually buy the tickets. Because Rick and I have done all the hard <laughs> and the heavy lifting for you. So you don't have to just sit there like a cow looking at a dictionary, staring at the page, trying to figure out what the hell day you're even supposed to click on. Oh my yesterday. God, I cannot believe how befuddled we were. All right, thank you, Susan Reynolds. Okay, see you later. All right, there you go, Susan Reynolds. There you go. Fantastic. So Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, we suggest that you buy tickets now because they're going to go fast. It will sell out. Uh, let's have don't 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 be a laggard about it. Don't delay. Don't postpone because then you're going to wake up that week and you're going to go to buy tickets and they're going to be gone and then you're going to have no choice but to cover yourself in sackcloth and ashes and no one wants that. So and it's going to be a bummer because the, all you're going to hear about us on, all Friday is just about. That's the other thing. If you don't go, uh, Friday's show is just going to be a wash for you. There's going to be no point because you're going to tune in Friday morning and it's just going to be a lot of us going. Oh, it's so cool. Uh, so go there uh, within the hour. There will be a link posted at 970.am that will take you directly uh, to the ticket purchase page for the Tigard Cinemas, the Regal Cinemas in Tigard. Uh, and at 12.01 on Friday, July 18th, you will join us there for the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight. So. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Uh, there may be a few other small announcements about this that we get to in, in the coming weeks, but that's the big one for now. So get on that. Brothers and sisters. All right, uh, a couple things before we move on today. A, uh, if I sound a little, if, I don't even know that I sound a little weird today, but I injured myself last night eating a tortilla chip. So I have this 
<laughs> I already have two emails in my inbox. Heck yeah, that's both people from Tiger. They're like, it's five minutes from my house. Totally. I'm buying my ticket now. It's gonna be righteous. Oh uh, wow. No, I was eating a sandwich last night, and because I'm white trash, uh, I have to put tortilla chips or potato chips or something crunchy on every sandwich I make because it just. It, it, it's come, it comes with being born in a small, dirt-heel town. It's like eating fish sticks or reading Mini Trucker magazine. Uh, so I was eating a sandwich. This is yesterday afternoon uh, because I, because Lauren and I went to Death Cab for Cutie last night, and which we'll talk about in a second. But I left here, went home to take care of the dog, eat some dinner, and then I came back here to meet Lauren to go to, the, to, go to Troutdale. So I'm making a sandwich. So I'm grilling up some chicken on my George Foreman grill, put it on the, put it on the bread, and then, of course, what do I do? I go right for the bag of tortilla chips to put on the sandwich to make it crunchy because I'm a hick. And they do this thing with tortilla chips. I, I mean, I, look, I appreciate a good-sized tortilla chip, which allows you to, you know, sort of scoop up or dip up the appropriate amount of condiment or covering. Except they do this thing where they make chips that are just wide enough that you can't get them all in your mouth at once. You know what I mean? At least the brand of chips that I buy, it's like your mouth is, oh, I don't know, let's say about four inches across or whatever, but the chip is like five and a half inches across, just big enough. And so what do I do? Do I break it in half? Do I take a bite? No, 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 I'm an American. I'll shove it all in at once. So I just open my mouth. There's a stray tortilla chip left over afterward. And so what do I do? Do, do I eat it sensibly? No. I open my mouth as wide as I can last night, and I just shove, shove the... In- <laughs> I'm sorry that you have to hear the story, Tim. So I just... Okay. I open my mouth like Leona Helmsley, just going... Aah! And I shove the tortilla chip in my mouth. And, of course, the tortilla chip still won't quite fit in. And it has it's one of those chips with like some sort of weirdly sharp edge on it. So I actually cut the inside of my mouth yesterday on a tortilla chip. So I spent the whole day kind of going, ah, kind of like when you got some weird, like if you got like like if you bite your tongue or something, and you spend the whole day sort of obsessing over it. Anyway, so there you go. That's my tortilla chip injury story. Ew. Later, I'll have an observation about limericks, and I'm not joking. Uh, so death cab for cutie last night. Um, How'd that go? How'd the big double date go? And I'm not well. See, here's let me just say this, and the person. Okay, so there was Lara and myself, and then a friend of Lara's. Was the guy nice that she brought? <laughs> here's, see, here's why you're a bitch, Sarah. In case anybody needs to know. What? Even if it's inadvertent. No, because here's the thing. So there's Lara and myself, and a friend of Lara's, and... Anyway, uh, and so the, the friend of Lara's with whom we went, I am constrained from ever talking about on the air i have been i have been made to swear that i will and you know how it is with us i mean if somebody sell if somebody tells us hey this is not for air or if somebody says hey look i don't want you to talk about this in the show but just so you know blah 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 blah, blah. Oh. we always respect that and i mean that seriously if someone comes up and they say look I, I don't want this to be on the show but you need to know that blah 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 blah, blah. and it's usually some personal thing like somebody will come up and they'll say look this is not for air but uh I'm a leper. You know, and then it's like, you know, and then we promise to say. So, Lara has made me swear that I will not ever talk about this person or discuss any details of her life on the air. So, the person we went to Death Cab for Cutie with last night was, I'll just put it this way. I will say this. There was me, and there was my wife, Lara. There was this woman we went with, and the woman brought along her teenage daughter as her date. That's the person that she met on Match.com? I didn't... 
I didn't say anything about anything. That's oh. all I'm going to say. Is it wasn't so much a double date as it was me and Lara and this friend of Lara's and her daughter. So there you go. Oh. Um, uh, so there you go. So th- that was it. So uh, it, it, my only observation about Death Cab for Cutie is to say this, and and I really and I have to restate what I said yesterday. I really do mean this. I don't want anybody to think that I'm being a jerk or being snarky about it because I know there's. The, I, I would never really, I would never diminish anybody's love of a band or of an artist or of music or whatever. Because as I said, you know, music is music is there to be enjoyed and to be loved, and music is there to be passionate about, and and, and all of that is true. That being said, Death Cab for Cutie, not really, not really my thing. There's a, there's a whole kind of there's a whole kind of school of those artists that I find that I find really bland, um, and Death Cab for Cutie is is that way as well. So. That being said, we went, and everybody seemed to have a good time. The crowd, you know, seemed to be a new. It's a cool venue. I'd never been to the Edgefield before. But there were moments. I mean, look, I know that he's a rock star, and he's rich, and he's famous, and whatever. But there were moments last night when I felt kind of bad for Ben Gibbard, who's the, the front man for Death Cab for Cutie, because he's, and you and I talked about this this morning, I mean, he's a guy who clearly those songs, I think, come from the heart, and... Absolutely. He's one of those guys you can tell means it. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a big fan, but I respect what he does. And clearly, when he writes those lyrics, he's trying to convey something. and He's trying to get across something inside of him or maybe a personal story or something he feels. And it's never more apparent than in that song, Into the Dark, which, although I'm not much of a Death Cab for Cutie fan, is one of the most beautiful songs, like, I've ever heard. Uh, that that really is the one song with those guys that I I can't say anything bad about it. That Into the Dark is is a, a truly beautiful. It's it's a it's a work of art. It really is, and it's just a very delicate, quiet song. It's just him, very sort of Paul Simon. It's just him and an acoustic guitar, and it's about it's about uh, it's about the person you love. It's about your loved one dying, um, and and wishing you could join them. And it's it's a very poignant song, except because there's a huge beer garden, and because it's an outdoor venue, and because there's three thousand people. Who's always there? There's the Woo guy who is... And look, the Woo guy can be at, at Van Halen. The Woo guy can be at Slipknot. The Woo guy can be at Garth Brooks. The Woo guy and all of his idiot Woo guy friends shouldn't be at Death Cab for Cutie. And so here we... And even I'm trying to enjoy this particular song last night because I'm a big fan of it. And he's singing and he's like... You know, and in front of me there's a guy going... This song is so pretty. It's a pretty song, but imagine you're trying to enjoy it and there's some frat guy in front of you with a beer in each hand going... You know, and it, it, it was just, and you just, and you, and we're right by the stage. We had great seats, so you know that not only can we hear it, you know Ben Gibbard can hear it. And so there, Ben Gibbard's up there trying to sing some soulful, melancholy song about love and loss. And meanwhile, uh, there's some guy from a Jackass movie, uh, like five feet away, going, Ben Gibbard! It was just the most excruciating thing. It's so, excruciating right now. Jesus. So. Anyway, that being said... Frat kids just, like, ruin everything. You know, and that's... They really do. I feel like it cheapens my show experience, too. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a snob. No, that's fine. It's, you know... It just—it's so annoying when I really love a band. I go and all of a sudden, like the Mercury's written a great review of some records. All of a sudden, all of the douchebags from the Burbs show up, and they're just like, "Oh, I heard this was really cool." And I'm like, "Oh, I hate you. I just want to sit here and listen to this." And you're just like talking the whole time, drinking your Miller Lite in front of me. Well, that's—I oh. mean, look—and I, I think well, you're not being a snob because I think we all know. Look, mu- you know, music should be fun. It's—it's it's fine to have a you know a great time and whatever. But I mean, there's certain, but there's times when it's appropriate, and there's times when it's not. Mm-hmm. And being a true, and this may be, if you think I sound like a snob, that's just going to have to be your own problem, friends. But because for me, like for you and me, I know 
for, music is a passion. Music is an, important. And it's an experience. It is, is a huge part of my life. It's not something that I just randomly do because there's nothing else to do. That's exactly it. Because I want to see what I want to see. That's exactly it. It's not, it's not like it was a choice between, you know, well, I could either see Death Cab for Cutie or I could go home and watch King of Queens. Mm, Death Cab for Cutie. I mean, music is an important thing. It is an important experience. But... But but here's the thing. You can tell someone who really loves music from someone who, as you said, is just there because there's nothing better to do. Because someone who really loves music instinctively knows when it's appropriate to make noise and when you should shut up and let the artist sing. So again, if, you know, if you're going to see, uh, you know, if you're going to see Kiss, if you're going to see Van Halen, if you're going to see whatever. Uh, then it's fine to be the guy who's shouting and screaming and dancing around and flailing and jumping or whatever because it's totally appropriate. It's totally fine. When you're there and everybody else in the crowd has sort of hushed down because there's a very quiet, sort of intimate song being played, that's when your internal barometer should point towards stifle. So, and and, and I also will say this, and I know that when you when a band be, get, reaches a certain level of success, and Death Cab for Cutie is a very, a very popular band at this point, when they reach a certain level of success, I know that they just can't go back and play tiny venues. I know there's just too much money behind it and there's too much record company machinery. You can't be coming back and playing... You know, when you're Death Cab for Cutie, you can't you can't go back and play some tiny venue. You can't be playing, well, so uh, you, you know, see whatever. The evolution of bands too that come through town because it's like they start at like the Jug Fur when they're not really right. well known. Then they kind of move up to a bigger venue like the Hawthorne Theater. Then when they're getting a little too big for the Hawthorne Theater, then they move to the Roseland. Totally. And then when they're too big for the Roseland, move to the Crystal, and then you can just see this and happening. It's funny because that's exactly how Lara last time she saw them was at the Crystal, and then before that she saw them at. I forget where it was. It might it might even be like a Ben Gibbard solo thing at the Doug Fur, but it was, yeah, it was smaller and smaller mm-hmm. the farther back you went. Like one so, of my favorite bands, Tilly and the Walls, coming through town. The first time I saw them, yeah, in town was at the Doug Fur. Now they're playing at the Hawthorne Theater. Next is going to be the Rose. Totally. You know, you can just see the steps. And and there's no way to really turn that back again because there just becomes too much money behind the whole band, which is fine. You know, I mean, I don't begrudge a band their success, but. Seeing it last night, and again, they do play these sort of, they do play songs that I think work really well on the record or in smaller venues in a huge 3,000 person amphitheater or whatever that was. It's like the intimacy of the song just evaporates into the air. It was how pretty was was the Edgefield pretty? It's a beautiful place. It's a I haven't great seen the, venue. The, um, and especially as it got but... dark, as it, as it went, as the light went down, and there's the you know the, the sunset, and then there's the colored smoke and lights and whatever. Very cool. But as I told Lara last night, it felt at moments it was like it'd be like seeing Leonard Cohen in a huge like outdoor arena. It's just not. It just doesn't really work. Mm. I mean, I think to see a band like Death Cab for Cutie and to really appreciate that, you need to be in a smaller venue. I mean, I think that's just, that's just the way of the world. So, mm-hmm. what can you do? There you go. There's my music snob observation. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back after this. Steve Kastenbaum, Lisa Desjardins. Uh, top five coming up later on and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. say that. Wow. I mean, you can, but it doesn't have the desired effect. <laughs> doesn't. All right, I'm sorry. I'm going to be quiet now. Oh, I don't care. I think it's hilarious. No, so I've been I've been sworn never to talk about her on the air. Lara made me promise. All right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have even said that. Anywho, hi there. It's the Rick Emerson. Mike during break. <laughs> I mean, come on. Wow. No, seriously. I, I know. I know what you're talking about. I'll read this one email that we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum. It says, Rick, um, uh, let's see, about the Dark Knight. Hey, just bought my tickets. Woohoo! Yeah. Good for you, sir. 
A few weeks ago, my girlfriend and I went to see Missy Higgins and Brent Denon at the Roseland. The vast majority of people in the crowd were all there to see Mason Jennings or were just there and were drunk and loud just and retarded. Drunk people. Ugh. And how, how often have you had this experience? He says they were loud and retarded and yelled their way through her entire set. I wanted them to be put individually into burlap sacks and beaten with reeds. Yes, I'm I'm with you, sir. So, and I know that, uh, and I know that Ben Gibbard gets, you know, he gets the counterbalance of being rich and famous. But if you're a guy who's put a lot of time into a song, it's kind of like, I mean, it is sort of like being one of those struggling bands that's playing in a bar and nobody's really there to listen to you. And so you're up there on stage, and I've been this guy before. I like mean, the long time of ago. And the Pussycats. Yeah, it was, and, in the bowling alley. and they're all just talking, and everybody in the bar is talking and shouting and clinking glasses and ignoring you, and you just want to go like, <laughs> I just want you to listen. My daddy didn't love me. Uh, you know, and so it was just a bigger version of that. But as the crowd goes bigger, it's like the proportion of douchebags stays, stays the same. So in a, in a room of 100 people, you know, there's three douchebags. In a room of 3,000 people, you get 300 douchebags. All of them right by the stage, all of them going, yeah, play Soul Meets Body. Oh. All right. I'm done and finished. All right. Let's welcome out the Rick Emerson Show. From CNN Radio, New York, Steve Castamon. Hello, sir. Hey, you ever have one of those days where just nothing is going your way? Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is one of them for me. Only this, days uh, ending in Y. <laughs> this whole day in Unity, New Hampshire, is just in one mess after another. Is Unity, New Hampshire? Is that is, this is this is the reference to the fact that that Obama and uh, Clinton are both there, right? Yes. Wait, it's yes. not actually called Unity, New Hampshire, is it? Yes, it is. The are town you, is Unity. Are you kidding me? I still believe in a place called Unity. Yes, this is it. Do they? I mean, well, all right. I mean, look, I love big, dumb, heavy-handed gestures, but even for even even for my taste, that smacks a little bit brackish. But what can you do? All right. Well, they, they came here because on January eighth, uh, during the primary, they miraculously split the vote, one hundred and seven votes each. Now, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical about why that happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it's just too convenient that they both got 107 votes in Unity, New Hampshire. I'm not saying, you know, that maybe somebody fiddled a little bit, but, you know, maybe somebody was looking down the line several yeah. months in the future and, and saying, you know... Maybe they'll come here for a unity rally. Let me put it this way. You're not you're not saying that anything untoward happened with the vote, but if it were revealed at some point in the future that that had happened, it would not surprise you in the slightest. Exactly. All right. I know there exactly you what you're saying there. So. Yeah. All right. So this is what well, so are they just there? I mean, I don't really know because I, I I have sort of I overdosed so badly during the primary season on political coverage that I have just sort of I've had to pull it back a little bit. I've had to ratchet it down inside my own head to a dull roar until sort of as we head toward the fall. So, I mean, why are they there? Is it like a photo op? Is it a, what are they doing there? Okay. So. We have this big field next to Unity Elementary School where they bust in thousands of Democrats, Obama, and Clinton supporters to be here. And this is the beginning of the effort, the symbolic uh, picture, uh, you know, the symbolic Photoshop uh, opportunity, I mean, uh, for, you know, Hillary to walk on stage and say to her supporters, I am backing Barack Obama, and I want you to take all the energy and excitement and, and the effort that you put behind me, and now with equal amount of energy, I want you to support Barack Obama, and this is their attempt to start unifying the Democratic Party as they move forward in the general uh, campaign. 
Well, okay. So, they, and this is, I mean, it's interesting how you see these sort of endorsements and whatever come out. I mean, not specifically here, but like a, what is it, Al Gore came out once, once everything was said and done and sewn up and buttoned up, then Al Gore finally came out and said, no, I want you to vote for Barack Obama. And I think Bill Clinton, just like two days ago, didn't Bill Clinton officially endorse Barack Obama? I mean, what is yeah. the point of that? What are you holding, what is he holding out for at that point? It just seems to be, it's just such pointless political gamesmanship. It really is, it really is why people grow irritated and disillusioned with American politics. Yeah, yeah. It's um, But, you know, at the same time, it was really interesting to see them on stage together after at, at moments during a bitter campaign, they, you know, they weren't exactly uh, friends. You know, they were sort of like, you know, frenemies. frenemies. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was interesting to see them on stage together talking about uh, how much Hillary Clinton respects Barack Obama and, you know, uh, if you want change... If we're going to change, we're going to do it with by electing a Democratic president, and that's why uh, I am supporting Barack Obama, and I'm asking you to support him with as much energy as you supported me. And then Barack Obama, it was his opportunity to say thank you, Hillary, thank you, Bill Clinton, for for you know all you've done for the Democratic Party, not just for me. And Barack Obama said, you know, we cannot win in November without. Hillary and Bill Clinton. So this is, and, and the Obama campaign is, tra- they're, they're telling their, their folks to help, uh, to help Hillary Clinton get out of debt? Yes, that's the other thing, too. You know, there, there has to be something done to help uh, Hillary pay off all those bills that are still out there with vendors, uh, bills in count, uh, incurred while she was on the campaign trail, and she needs uh, money to do that. So uh, they're hoping that some of uh, Barack Obama's supporters will now log on to her website and make the maximum allowable donation. Oh, as we sort of plunged on into this uh, hip deep, though, I don't think we actually even really had you explain why it is that everything feels like it's gone wrong today. Oh, geez. First of all, I should have been out here much earlier than I than I was, uh, but there was I just didn't really think this through. And then, uh, you know, driving here uh, while having to stop every 10 minutes to do a live report on, on, a, on an affiliate station, I was basically at one point I was actually on a dirt road. I kid you not. That's that's how I got here, thanks to Google you know, maps, and uh, <laughs> and then, you know, I kept losing the cell connection, and then we're sitting out here in a field in the blazing hot, humid, hazy sunshine. My computer heats up so much that it just stops. It turns off and stops working, so I can't do any of my work. And then, you know, we're sharing satellite signals with other folks, and, and so that becomes an issue, and things didn't work out the, exactly the way they were supposed to. And now I'm sitting in my car trying to get my work done as quickly as possible so I can go make this drive back to Manchester to make a 6 o'clock flight back to New York. It ain't going to happen. It's your best day ever. And I do love the idea that when you get into just some dirt heel hick town that Google Maps is saying things like, you know, take left at old McClintock barn. Look, you know, look for boy at fruit why, stand. Why they thought that this, I mean, yeah, it was a two-lane road, but yeah, I guess it wasn't the most <laughs> direct route. But suddenly the, the, the sign started saying pavement ends in 500 feet. <laughs> What am I doing here? And you are from New York City, so I would say that's an even bigger culture shock than it would be for you know someone like myself. I mean, you, well, there there are no places in Manhattan where it suddenly starts saying unfinished road. Well, you know, uh, I, I did learn that you know it's not a good idea to drive 60 miles an hour in an unpaved road in a rental car. So you know, <laughs> I had to slow it down a little bit. Excellent, the glorious world of radio. Yeah, real uh, glorious. It's, it's great. Yeah. All right. Well, Steve. Um, I was going to say enjoy your day, but that's not possible. So yeah, I, just, I just want to get out of here. All right. All right, my friend. Travel safe. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Steve. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, radio is great, but boy, does radio suck sometimes. <laughs> I love the idea that it's so hot his computer just turned off. <laughs>
All right. Um, let's uh, before we do anything else, let's. Uh, oh damn it! Is this me? That is my computer uh, down. Is it off over here? Is it? Uh, it must be off. Uh, Richie, thank you. Need you. To get a new sounder. All right. Well, you you tell me, sister. What should it be? All right. I'll try and figure something out. Richie Bristol, if you can join us in the studio, that would be uh, fantastic. I mean, we could go with the prime. Uh, what is that RuPaul song? What is oh, that? You know, that work. Whatever that song is. Let's see here. Uh, let me look. I'll see if I can find this RuPaul track. Hi, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Good morning. Hi. Uh, What's new, Richie? Bright eyed and bushy tail today. It's Friday. Yes, it is. What uh, are you doing this weekend? Uh, playing poker. Poker. Is that code for something? Oh, I gotta oh, get oh, actual poker. Yeah, I gotta get ready for my trip to uh, the city where prostitutes are legal. Yeah, no, I saw this. So you're gonna be gone when? Uh, August. No, July 28th through the first week. Okay, when are you gone? Work it, work it, work, work, Is that me? That's you. Work it, work, work, work it. Well, that's like the remix. Um, I'm going to be gone the 22nd to the 31st of August. So you guys will be gone at the same no, point? No, he's going to be in July. Oh, July. Okay, so you would be gone the last week of July mm-hmm. and then be back. Okay. Uh, yeah, that shouldn't be an issue. Um, so, uh, why, but, are you but, why, but where are you going? I never have. Wait. Oh, Jesus. All right, hold on. Let me sit she asked me if I slept with a prostitute, and I said I never have. Yes, I was right here. Um, <laughs> so, the, the wait, so where are you going? Uh, Vegas. Well, okay, well, prostitution is not legal in Vegas. Uh, well, Nevada. So you're going to, but I mean, are you going to Vegas? Uh-huh. And then you're going to drive to Reno or something? No, I'm going to stay at the Imperial Palace. The wait, Palace. I don't understand. Oh, the Imperial Palace, I've stayed there before. So are you uh, the Imperial Palace? Station or the Imperial? Yeah. You talking about the one in Old Vegas in downtown? No, Imperial. Pa- there's an Imperial on Palace strip. on the Strip. What am I thinking? That's of? where I stayed. Okay, well I don't know what that we're talking about. Ago. Wait, it's like it's like a like college girl central. You'll have a lot of fun. Yeah. Wait, but I mean, so when you said that you're going, see, I was all, uh, I, I'm all confused. So you're going to Vegas? Uh-huh. Are you, uh, as part of going to Vegas, are you going to be making some side trip through a place where you can get a whore? Uh, if I win money. <laughs> In other words, if you, if you can get the casinos to pay for it. Uh, I'm going to get a Neapolitan. Is What does that, what mean? Does that mean? You know what Neapolitan is? No. It's a redhead, a blonde, and a brunette. <laughs> it's like red. You have to win a... Yes, I, I know. Okay. Uh, That's a lot of money. Right? I was just going to say, you have to win a lot, right? Because don't you have to pay for the um, don't you have to pay for the ride there and back? Yeah, 30 bucks in a limo. Are you sure it's only thirty bucks? We had we talked to a limo driver once on the show, and that's Lisa Desjardins and hold. Lisa, we'll get to you in just one moment after we continue this awkward discussion with Richie about prostitution. Um, so we talked to a limo guy on the show one time who worked ferrying guys from Vegas to a brothel and back, mm-hmm. and he was saying he made like thousands of dollars on rides. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't think. That wouldn't even be fine. I hate to be this guy. Gas is $4 a gallon, Richie. That wouldn't even make sense for them to be doing it for 30 bucks. Well, if you're going to get a Neapolitan, they'll send for you. Which, why do you keep calling it a Neapolitan? <laughs> is that, that the name of really it on the menu? On what menu? On the Bunny Ranch menu. The Bunny Ranch. Oh, you know, we talked to what's-his-name for them. We had that guy in the show once, the guy who runs that place. Yeah. Dennis, what's-his-name. Yeah, the Bunny Ranch there. That's menu. where I got the menu. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking at it for, you know, six years. <laughs> the same menu. No. It might have changed. Sorry, Lisa. Price. Okay. Because of, of gas. Sarah, will you help me remember that we have to talk to Richie about this? I already later. have a window open to the Bunny Ranch. Thank you. So I'm going to write this down. Richie and Neapolitan. <laughs> God, you're creepy. All right. Thank you, Richie. Hi, Lisa. Oh, wait. By the way, uh, the reason I asked you in here, do we, what are we, do we have Earth, Wind, and Fire tickets still? 
I think we have two pair. Two pair today? Okay, so we'll do goth or not and then something else later on the day. All right, thank you. We've got to, there's too much. We've just got to move forward right, right now. And then we've got to... Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hi there. Hello. Hi. Sorry you had to hear that whole conversation. I feel very awkward. Okay. I, I I was only yeah I, I kept it at arm's length a little bit. You know the number of awkward and horrible things that this program has exposed you to cannot even be counted at this point. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I just both both when you were here in person and on the phone, just the number of awful things to which you are exposed because of me. I mean, I I really am going to have many many. I, it's going to require many many prayers to get me out of purgatory when this life is over. You know, and I used to know how many prayers it took to get people out of purgatory, but I've forgotten. There's no, there's no number. There's no list of prayers. Well, there, there actually, there actually were uh, things called indulgences that if you did a certain. That wasn't a prayer, though. No, it was like it was a, a, a series of prayers. An indulgence was a thing you purchased. It was way, way back in the day, right? But you know, when I was when I was growing up, when I was coming up, when I was a, a kid. We actually were taught that there still were plenary indulgences, and but it was all through prayer. It was different systems of prayer over several days, like a novena, or they, they were all uh, there was all sort of significant check marks, almost like you know when you get online and they say you can get a free DVR if you do this, this, and this. <laughs> if was, you click on six thousand banners, we'll send you an Xbox. <laughs> Exactly. It was that same kind of idea, and that was still going on when I, you know, when I was in, in Catholic school. I don't think you and I are about the same age. I, they never told me that. For me, see, here's here's the here's the scam they tried to pull on me in Catholic school. Go figure. Is that the, for, for us? They told us. I mean, I am. I'm not going to tire you with my, bore you with my stories of of Catholic school because everybody has their stupid. <laughs> I was traumatized by a nun story, but I will say. That one of the little scams they pulled on us is they just told us that the, 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 the number of prayers it would take to get somebody out of purgatory. And what if you had no one to pray for you? I mean, really, you're just there forever? You rely on the good works of other Catholics? Um, but they just told us that the number was unknown to all but God. And so, <laughs> so really, you just, so it was like bailing out the ocean with a teacup. You just had to keep praying constantly every day forever. Because you never were told when the magic number was. Right. How's that going? I, well, I just, at that point, I think the desired effect was that it was just going to make us pray constantly. And I went the other way. I just said, well, sod it. I mean, there's just no, I mean, that's just not going to work. I got things to do. So, right. all right. Right. Um, if, I may, if I may ask a personal question, and you, of course, don't have to answer this. Now, were, did you go through confirmation? I did, yes. Have we asked this already? No, we haven't talked about this. May I ask your confirmation name, if you don't mind telling us? You know, I wanted it to be Katiri, because there's a, uh, now a saint, Katiri Tekawitha, Native American, but she wasn't a saint yet, and I, so I couldn't do it. They said, no, no, you cannot do it. Uh, she was blessed at that point, so I went with Catherine, with a K. St. Catherine. All right, excellent. And, well, it was still after Katiri. I really, you know, I don't know. All right, fair enough. All right. How about uh, you? Uh, no, I wasn't confirmed. Oh. I uh, which is a which was a source of great um, my uh, how do I put this I went to Catholic school for nine years and then I went to a public high school but as is often the case the friends that I the circle of friends that I carried with me into high school were most of the same kids that I'd grown up with all of whom were Catholic right we all went to the same church we all gone to the same you know parochial school blah 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 but we got into high school and. I was already considered a little bit of bad news uh, among some of the parents of some of my friends because my my family uh, had any any number of very obvious and well known deficiencies, okay. and so 
Uh, and so my friend, a lot of the parents of my friends sort of didn't like their kid. They were suspicious of their kids hanging out with me anyway. Wow. But then, you know, just because whatever. But, uh, you You're know, just trying to make yourself sound cool. I'm just saying it was small town. Everybody knows everybody else's business. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, and it wasn't, I mean, and if you really know me, you know that I am the furthest thing uh, from cool. It's, it's just that I had an embarrassing family filled with drug abuse. Um, and so there was a whole lot of like, I don't know, maybe maybe you shouldn't spend the night at Rick's house. Maybe he should spend the night here, you know. Um, and so um, anyway, but then when I got into, when I got into high school, um, there was the whole point where we, you know you branch off into confirmation, which is what like your sophomore year or something. And at that point, I had sort of pulled the ripcord on my Catholicism. Got it. Uh, because my my parents were sort of busy with with a divorce, and that was my chance to make like a break for it. Like they were <laughs> they were so distracted. Look with, over there. Yeah, right. with with their failing marriage, and I was like, hooray! And I was able to jump the fence and run for freedom like Andy Dufresne. And <laughs> nice. so I did not get confirmed. And for many friends, uh, for many parents of my friends, that was the final straw that I was not getting confirmed. Really? Um, yeah, especially the girl that I was dating at the time. Uh, for her parents, that was it. That was like, that's when I stopped being Rick and I became that Rick. Wow. Because I had... Sarah, however, was confirmed, and Sarah's confirmation name is Rose. Oh, wow. Wow, I like that. So there you go. All right. It was when Titanic was out. I was a total nerd. <laughs> My confirmation name would have been Genesius, though, just so you know. <laughs> nice. St. Genesius, who is the patron saint of... Actors, beggars, lawyers, and whores, and I'm not making that up. Really? That is fantastic. Why don't we talk about St. Genesius more? I don't really. I used to have a long time ago a St. Genesius medal, uh, just because I thought it was so righteous that there was a patron saint and that it was, that the patron, oh, and comedians too, I think. I think, nah, maybe I'm getting this wrong. Should I, be. It should be. I am fairly okay. sure that St. Genesius is the patron saint of actors, comedians, lawyers, beggars, and whores. Oh, my which I thought was just like so unbelievably righteous. That's fantastic. So, in any event. Oh, made my day. All right. Um, uh, let's yeah. see. Oh, hey, I meant to ask you this about this handgun business in D.C. Yes. So, I, I don't mean, have one yet. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, when you start talking about anything gun control, it just becomes, I mean, you know, and then you just turn into a bad parody of a talk show. Mm. But it'll be curious. It will be, I always say it'll be curious. It, I am curious, and it will be interesting to see if. If crime goes down, goes up, or remains unchanged over the next 10 years, and I know everybody on earth is going to be watching that. Everybody is going to be watching it. Now, already there there are reporters uh, in it, throughout the rough sections of D.C. trying to figure out what's going on with the black, mark, the, the black market for guns. And if actually uh, the people selling guns on the black market are going to be hurt by this, I guess because it's going to be a lot easier to get a gun in D.C. Uh, but, you know, but the truth is, if you really, if you want to get a handgun in D.C., it's really not all that hard to do right now. The but the trick is that if you're caught with it, uh, police don't. They have almost nothing. They they have to do very little work to throw you into jail. Really? In the future, right? Because they know it's illegal. There's you know no question about it. But in the future, they're going to check is it registered. There's going to be all kinds of uh, you know it's, it's going to make it tougher to crack down 
on the guns that are here. I don't think it's going to make it tougher to get guns in the You know, and I, and I actually don't typically, A, because we're not a hack show in that way, at least, I don't typically wade into the sort of gun control thing. It's and largely because it's, it's just such a tangled issue. I mean, there really is just, it, is. it sounds like such a cliche, but there is no easy answer to, okay. the, to the gun control question. But, I mean, this is, uh, would you say that this is going to affect other places, other states? Certainly. There's no question about it. And I think what we're going to see, and you, you probably have heard this and your listeners, all of the listeners have, that uh, we're going to see for the next couple of years just mass legal confusion on many, many gun control laws across the country. Some will be clear. I think in Chicago, for example, they have a law that's close to Washington's, not not as stringent, but very close, and, and it looks like that law could be knocked down. But there are so many laws that are right in the middle that have very specific restrictions uh, that don't ban all guns the way Washington did, but ban a great deal of guns, uh, ban guns in certain instances or with, with very stringent requirements. Uh, for instance, like the trigger lock, it's not clear from this ruling yesterday if you have to require the trigger lock or not, if that's constitutional. Uh, a lot of people would argue that the trigger lock is still fine, but it's just going to be mass confusion. It's going to take a lot of time to sort out because all of these cases are going to have to bubble up through the various district and state courts all the way back to the Supreme Court again where they'll pick what cases they want to look at. So it's, it's going to be a while of, of really sorting out gun law. And the Supreme Court on purpose did not uh, set very clear parameters. They, they set some, but not enough so that it's it's not – uh, black and white what the gun law should be or what's constitutional and it's because they couldn't they couldn't agree on it and this is uh this is scalia who wrote um he was whether what do you call the primary author of the uh mm-hmm, that's right of the ruling don't you get the feeling that whenever scalia writes something it ends with a sort of implied so there <laughs> and you can lump it if you don't like it um hey as we as we sort of wrap this up he, he's probably the most certain of all the justices that he is right <laughs> <laughs> he has no no doubt at all no. um uh, let's see uh in the movie by the way he'll be played by uh either paul paul sorvino or danny aiello oh, I like um, that's right uh and then i know that and so the senate gave uh what this final approval to this is what is going to be an overhaul of people say the gi bill and here's let me, here's a, a question i know there's a big yeah. question but I don't really know at this point in 2008 what the GI Bill even means. I know what it meant after World War II, but what does the GI Bill do now? It, yeah, it's a whole different deal. They just the the title GI Bill is really something that they like, so they, they're applying that title to this to this these two latest bills, including the one that just passed the Senate. It, it really is the idea of benefits for returning veterans returning from war, and in this case, it's veterans returning from uh, Iraq and Afghanistan mostly, uh, pretty much entirely. And what this does is, up until this bill was passed, uh, those the latest version of the GI Bill, if you want to call it that, would fund two years of in-state tuition for those GIs to get uh, for, for education, but now this bill doubles that and funds four years and also, I believe, gives them $1,000 for books and helps out with uh, their um, uh, their board and, and rent. So it, it really extends the, ben- the education benefits for returning vets. Because a lot of veterans are saying, great, thanks for a couple of years of in-state tuition, but I, I can't right. pay my rent and I can't go past that. This, this isn't the same thing at all as the world. Why are you calling this the GI Bill? The World War II GI Bill transformed higher education in America and let every GI have this opportunity. Of course, there was a draft in World War II, so there are so many more people that it applied to. But nonetheless, uh, here's a very large group of people that have been serving overseas, and now they'll... 
get more education because of it, potentially. Oh, by the way, uh, this was sent to us, uh, Rick, St. Genesius, the patron saint of actors, comedians, converts, dancers, musicians, printers, prostitutes, lawyers, uh, epileptics, thieves, and torture victims. Whoa. So... There you go. So, I mean, pretty much the coolest saint ever, I would say. Is he like, okay, and St. Genesius, man or woman? Uh, St. Genesius, man, I, I believe. It, it would, I would see him. So, busy, busy life, that one. It, I mean, really, you got to ask, like, what was St. What was Genesius doing while alive exactly. to become the patron saint of thieves, hookers, comedians, lawyers, and torture victims? And in what order? I, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know. But you know what? Now I'm going to have to spend, I'm going to have to spend all weekend looking up St. Genesius facts and Wikipedia. Ah, great. Got all my fun laid out for me. All right, big plans for your weekend? Um, no, thankfully, no. I'm just going to geek out and study House and Senate races, I think. You are a colossal nerd. You I really know. are. God, God bless you. All right. Yeah. There ought to be a patron saint of geeks. <gasps> we got to work on that. I'm going to start. How does one even do that? What is the process for sainthood, Lisa? Well, there probably already is a saint out there that would apply. It's much easier to get a current saint and, and you know, kind of attach... You know, you're, uh, you know. Oh, this is like when they fire somebody in management and it just becomes, all their work becomes the job of the person they share the department with. <laughs> right, right. See, we can just, but see, it's, it's easy to get, you know, the October is fried okra month, you know. We already have October. <laughs> the same thing with the saints. You just, you've already got a saint, you find the right one, and you just, I'm not sure how you apply, but I think it'd be easier to get the label. So we got to find a good... I want a patron saint of nerds, misfits, and social geeks of every stripe. Oh, that's great. We've got to find one. That's going to be the thing I do in 2009. That's going to be my big, that's going to be my big personal project. All right. Enjoy your weekend, as always, uh, and we'll talk to you next week, Lisa. Great. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Wonderful. Excellent. We're breaking. Why wouldn't we be? No, we are. I'm just, okay. I was just announcing to people who... Who might not know? They might be a little confused when they hear the bumper music. Yes. Yes, they would. Back after this. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. If you have to bring your own Viagra, what's the party? I'm sorry, we should tell you we're reading off the Bunny Ranch specialty menu. You know, you know. Can I say that having Richie work on this show is like subscribing to ten different show prep services, like for free. All right. Well, it's in just, any event, it's just never ending. So they all just arrive. All right. Uh, anyway, so I'm looking at this menu here. Let's see. The Bunny Ranch specialties. I only know, and some of these we can't say on the air. Uh, but we're looking through, and we'll, we'll start the news hour in this one. We're looking through this menu of things from the Bunny Ranch because Richie is. I thought he was kidding. When he said, like, I'm going to be taking some time off to go to that place where prostitution is legal, I thought he was just being kooky and saying, like, I'm going to Vegas to gamble. But really, he's going to Vegas, and then as a sideline, he's going to be going to... He's, he's specifically going to Vegas to have sex with a prostitute. To rent whores. Uh, and so he brought us this menu. So there's... Some of these we can't say, and some of them we can't. So there is... Let's see. We'll go down the, from top to bottom here. Girlfriend experience. I think... Is that for girls only? I think girlfriend experience, as I understand it, I think that is just... Sarah, do you have the uh, list over there of what it I do, and that's the one that it doesn't say. It says we've covered that. Okay, girlfriend experience, I think, just means a girl who will have sex with you. I think it just means regular... I think a girlfriend experience... Oh, I don't know. I think girlfriend experience just means... You pretend emotion? She'll, she'll do... <laughs> well, no, not... 
Wow, that was an awful like, <laughs> Seriously, like someone, to, someone to go suck down a chili dog at the Tasty Freeze? That type of girlfriend experience? Yes, Tim, she'll be sucking down a chili dog. Yes, indeed. At the Tasty Freeze. Uh-huh. It's actually coming in a diplomatic pouch. I think girlfriend experience just means regular, plain old sex, but with, like, a hooker. I think that's But the no, deal. but that's at the beginning of the list, and it gets progressively more. I think girlfriend experience might be, like, having dinner with the girl, you know, like... Who would want to do that? Who would pay for that, though? Of lonely people? Yeah. Richie. Uh, hey, wait, hold on. Can I just I... want to go in Nevada to get the girlfriend experience. Can I, uh, can I switch on hack morning show mode? <laughs> yeah, do it. Sure, do it. You know, they don't have a, a wife experience listed here. Uh, that's when you take her out to dinner, but then she's got a headache at the end of the evening. <laughs> Laugh. It's ha! time for oh, the Rick Emerson fine. Show's new news hour. Morning show on mode AM off. 970, the Talker. And now, we only got to the first one. Oh, yeah, no, there's like 50 of those. This is Tim Riley. These enlightening discussions are sponsored by Lake Shadow Collision Centers and Lakes.com. Call today. Find out what lace can do for you. Let's find out what else is going on with the money around. What else is going on, Muppet? Sarah's dog is in the studio with us today. I'm sorry. It's all right. Tempestuous. He doesn't like it when you talk dirty like that. It's the weirdest thing you've ever said. <laughs> all right. Here's Tim Riley. So we finally had a crane accident. Luckily, nobody got hurt. Crane accident at Southeast 28th and Burnside. No way. Wait, 28th and Burnside. That's Southeast 28th and Burnside. That's right where um, that's where the Hungry Tiger was, and they are um, building that hideous apartment complex. Well, that's right, probably right. what happened. Uh, it knocked out electrical part of 8,000 customers early this morning. Wow. Or yesterday morning. Uh, the power was out for about 50 minutes. A crane touched a transmission line at the corner of South oh, Ankeny. Creepy. Southeast 28th. Uh, power was restored after a while. This is a three- to four-story construction crane. It was moving a boom and hit a PGA transmission line. Nobody was hurt. All the lanes of Burnside were closed between 26th and 30th. I thought the traffic lights, too. A man shot a suspected thief when he was trying to break into his RV. It happened at 1040 last night. Police were called to the 1400 block of Northeast Marine Drive after a man heard somebody break into his RV. When the cops arrived, the man fired a handgun to stop the suspect from either entering or leaving. A couple of the pellets got stuck in his hand, and he was taken to a manual. Police haven't released any names yet. The owners of a pit bull are blaming a little girl for getting mauled by the dog. Of course they are. And they're from Canby. Dangerous pit bull uh, mauled a little girl in Canby, and it may have been accidentally returned to its owners. Good work down there. Uh, Clackamas County officials are checking to see if they uh, should have kept the dog in quarantine until the July 16th hearing to determine its fate. Its fate should be death, really. The uh, girl is a 13-year-old. She was riding a bike, minding her own business with her two sisters when she was attacked. Oh, man. The dog was being walked on the leash when a girl thought it was uh, coming up to just sniff her. Instead, it sank its teeth into her lip. And well, wait. So the owner didn't keep the dog away from the girl? No. It is. Uh, let me understand this. This is just my speculation as an observer. Is it not, I would say certainly uh, ethically, but also legally it would seem that it is if you have a dog... It is your responsibility as the owner to keep the dog under control. Mm-hmm. Is it not? Mm-hmm. That's why, um, yeah, I put a sign on Muppet whenever I bring him out. or like I bite? Yeah, it says, do, do not pet me, I bite. I mean, and if you're walking the dog on a leash, I mean, look, look at it this way. If you're walking a dog on a leash and somebody has a Picasso painting sitting out and the dog goes up and, like, whizzes on the Picasso painting, it's on you because the dog is under your control and the dog dam- damaged something while you were walking it. 
And so if you have a pit bull, and let's let's not have any illusions about this. It would seem to me that if the pit bull attacks a little girl, that's probably not the first time that it's done so. Or, or the, It's probably not the first. In other words, the dog was probably not like kind and gentle and fluffy and nice its whole life and then suddenly just went bad at that moment. Uh, I mean, if you have a pit bull that is going to maul some little girl, clearly the dog has probably given indications in the past that it's dangerous. And then you're walking on a leash and you let it go up to a child. That seems, in my opinion, that seems like it's the responsibility of the owner. I never let Muppet go up to any child. And I, I break either. a lot of children's hearts, but they're like, can I pet your dog? No, like, no, uh, he's, you can't. No, the only times I've ever done that, um, if it's like a child of somebody we know, like uh, Scott Daly came over to my house one time uh, to pick something up and it's like he had his kids with him. And they're like, can we pet the dog? And so what I, and even then, I sat, I knelt down on the ground next to Max with my hand around his collar the whole time just so if like and max didn't have any problem with kids you know but but just in case that you know he started to growl or whatever because you'll get a warning that i could i was i would be able to sort of like pull him away and there's no problem but i mean you don't just let your dog run up to people i mean jesus so and anyway so what so how badly injures a little girl Oh, uh, her leg was mauled are you uh her left calf well she threw her back and forth and dragged her from the bike oh man yeah all right. I mean, I love animals and all, but come on. No, that is an animal. That's a killing machine. Pitbull I mean, they're just—they're just seemed. I mean, of all the breeds of dogs to get, uh, I, and that's—and I think we understand. I'm just going to say this. I think we all understand what kind of person gets a pit bull most of the time. Yeah. Not always, but I'm saying, I do believe that in many, in many, if not most cases, the person who gets a pit bull like that, a person who gets a dangerous animal, that is the same kind of person. Uh, it's the same kind of person that has those plastic testicles swinging from the back of their 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 pickup truck. Well, you you would not find a uh, pit bull in the West Hills, no, or an affluent suburb. Well, did I ask you this question the other day about Rottweilers? In your because you know more about dogs than I do, certainly. Are Rottweilers an inherently dangerous animal the way that pit bulls are? I don't think it's bad because we have a Rottweiler that moved in uh, near Rottweilers us. Rottweilers freak me out more than pit bulls. Man, they I have big mouth. I got to tell you, and it, it, to, to be fair, it's always been under control. It's never gotten loose or anything. But we have a Rottweiler that moved in near us, and we walk Max, and even if we're walking Max on the opposite side of the street, we get near that house, and that Rottweiler goes crazy. I mean, and it's not the happy sort of like, hey, who are you? Rah, 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 bark. It's the like, I'm going to chew you up into little pieces bark. Uh, and that dog freaks me out. It really does. I'm not saying the dog has ever done That's anything. That's like, what if they don't latch the, the gate properly one day? Which, has, which, by the way, has happened in our neighborhood before with other dogs, where you get these idiot dog owners uh, who just... Let the dog wander around, which, first of all, and I know that we're going on about dogs here, but first of all, is dangerous for the animal. The animal get plowed into by a car, and also is dangerous for other people who are sharing the neighborhood now with an untethered dog. And it's scary. That's I've had that before when I was walking up it, and you see a dog running toward you, yeah. running toward your dog. Like it's like a all of a sudden your dog becomes kind of like your baby. Seriously, I'm, up, I'm holding him above my yeah, head. Yeah, just dogs running at it. Yeah, you don't know. And I mean, th- this is sort of a related uh, dog owner to the one who walks down uh, like 39th or Powell or something with the dog unleashed. You know, just wait, just any moment the dog could just choose to leap into traffic. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so it's going to be 100 degrees this week, and they're threatening. And a Portland Office of Emergency Management put out this useless mailing thing that says eat well-balanced, light, regular meals, avoid taking salt tablets, uh, check on your family, friends, and neighbors who do not have air conditioning. Who would take salt tablets? I don't know. Where do you get them? <laughs> what would be the po- And why would you... And, and it repeats it twice. Do not take salt tablets unless specified by a physician. Uh, you know what? I, I'm really dehydrated. I need more salt. All right. And it describes... Sunburn, 
It is skin redness and pain. Possible swelters, blisters. Let me write this down. Sunburn is what? Sunburn. Skin redness and pain. Okay. Somebody actually gets paid to do this. Julian, I want that job. (laughs) Heat cramps. Painful spasms, usually in leg and abdominal muscles. Heavy sweating, heat exhaustion. Heavy sweating, but skin may be pale, cool, or flush. Weak pulse. Heat cramps. I don't even think I've ever heard of those. Yeah. Well, that's new. That's from the uh, Portland Office of Emergency Management. All right. Well, you know, we do this every summer, but at this point, if you have to be told, like, not to sit around and become dehydrated and die from the heat. And you must be French. Uh, well, I was just going to say, you must be French, or you must be that wildebeest that you always see in National of Omaha's Wild Kingdom that's about to be taken down by some jackals, and the pack will be stronger because of it. All right? The herd the herd will be stronger because you aren't around. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello? Hello. Hey, just wanted to give a traffic update from Eugene area. All right. Uh, there was a semi involved with two other cars. And they have all three lanes shut down. So if people are traveling out of town, they might want to... Uh, now, when you say a semi-involved with two other cars, what does that mean? It means that the other two cars are completely totaled. Okay. And the semi is oh. sitting there blocking all the lanes. Where is, where is this exactly? Where is this, where is this exactly? Just past the uh, Eugene exit. Oh, down okay. in Eugene. Okay. Are you, southbound. are you there now? I just drove through there. All right. That's it. Um, the, I mean, yeah, that sounds like a pretty... And that's one of those things you can just tell is going to take hours to clean up. It already... Already all four lanes are stopped and people are out of their cars playing oh. soccer. Oh, God. And it's going to be like 90 degrees today, too. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Duly um, noted, my friend, at the I-5 good. Eugene exit. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right. That's like after the uh, Death Cab show last night. We're at the Edgefield, and it's you know it's a nice venue, but it's a, it's like all of those outdoor shows. Like if you want, like if you saw something at Portland Meadows or whatever, where it's just the parking lot is just a huge field. Uh, and then of course the worst the worst moment of the night at anything like that is then once the show is over and all five thousand cars are trying to leave at once. Uh, you know, a little gravel like driveway. God, yeah. And there's one, yeah. There's one exit, one exit, and one old guy with a glow in the dark thing going this way, this way, this way, this way. And you do, and you know, and and so I was just, I was just like, say, hey, we're gonna wait like half an hour. Like we're gonna sit here in the car and just amuse ourselves by playing limerick games for half an hour because there's no way. Because you know, otherwise you just find yourself in line, just sitting there wasting gas, becoming angry about the whole thing. Uh, let's see, here's a uh, dog call. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's up? Hey, you need to do what I used to do. I used to carry around one of those. Uh, uh, they're not a taser, but a stun gun. Mm-hmm. That way, if a mean dog comes up to you, you just give it a zap. Now, is, they have that thing they sell in the Sky Mall catalog. It's not a taser, but it's something that apparently makes some shrieky noise that dogs don't like or yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't, nothing like a good jolt of electricity to send them on their ass and send their tail scurrying between their legs. I suppose that's true. All right. And uh, the other thing I used to carry around was uh, my dog, before I had to put him down, he was uh, half wolf, half husky. Why would you own something that's half wolf? I, I mean, I'm not trying to knock you, but seriously, doesn't it seem like you're asking for problems? Maybe if he wasn't such a nice dog, at least to me, he was very protective. Um, well, I, I would imagine, up, yes. I went camping up on Hood, Uh huh. and he was in the tent in the morning when we woke up. So, wait, so Somebody you... took him up to Mount Hood and abandoned him. Oh, okay, well, that sucks. Uh, but, I mean, it's just, it's like, what, my brother had a thing, my older brother had a, a dog that was half wolf, and, I mean, to be fair, the dog never attacked anybody, but it just... It just seems like that's like every day you're just flipping a coin about whether it's going to forget that it's domesticated and just go right for the, your, your jugular. That's what I would be like owning something that's half polar bear. I would always, I think I would sleep really lightly if I owned such a creature. 
Well, he was a really nice dog. I mean, he was like six months old when he found me up right. there. Well, and, I guess uh, if they're young enough, you can domesticate them, maybe. I, I just treated him like a lap dog, and, and that's what he thought. All 140 <laughs> pounds of him thought he was a lap dog. So. I'm gonna get a, I want to get a domesticated Tasmanian devil. That's what I want to have. Just sits in the house and goes, yeah, all the time. All right, thank you, sir. No goodbye. Or a hyena. No. That just hurts. Would it, I mean, half a second of your life to say goodbye. Two syllables, sir. That bothers me in movies, too, when people don't say goodbye. Really? Yeah. I, I notice it every time. Always. Always. How long does it take to say goodbye? Because it takes you out of the movie, doesn't it? All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Saturday Night Live plays a uh, tribute to George Carlin in the bar that by airing the show's very first program from October 11, 1975. Carlin hosted SNL's premiere, which featured Gilda Radner, John Bellucci's Chevy Chase. So out of all of them, only Chevy Chase is still alive, isn't he? Oh, uh, wait. How many? So listed? Who? Gilda Radner. Dead. John Belushi. Dead. Chevy Chase. Uh, might as well be dead, but alive. And hated by everyone. Yes. And uh, George Carlin. Dead. Wow. Okay, let's. who else from SNL is dead? Go. Belushi. No, we already said Belushi. Oh, then I don't know. I'm, there's two more you haven't thought of. Chris Farley. Oh yeah. Phil Hartman. Yeah. All right, and there's somebody else. Seems like we're it seems like we're missing somebody else too. All right, well, whatever. Anyway, so uh, oh, and and HBO has been marathoning Carlin specials all week, which is like the best thing ever. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? It's Alan. Hello, sir. Hey, I called you a while back about Sea Land. Remember? Remember uh, me? I'm, you, I'm sorry. You called about what? The tiny country Sea Land off the coast of England. Sea Land, which is like that old oil, old uh, Derek, as they say in the South. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, yesterday, when you were talking about nudity and movies, yeah. no one mentioned Demolition Man. Demolit. Wait, I don't even remember what is. I was just watching a little some snippets of that online the other day. What is? The, I need to see that again. What is the nudity in Demolition Man? You remember Sylvester Stallone goes into his apartment, his right. new apartment, for the first time, right. and he sits down in front of his little TV phone combo thing. Right. And the girl, the girl shows up on the screen, going to talk to her boyfriend, and she's got her towel hanging beside her, oh, completely naked. Right. Yeah. What a really nice boobs, totally hot. What a great movie that is. The Demolition Man is a movie that was ahead of its time. Demolition Man ought to be a bigger oh. cult hit than it really is. Oh, seriously. When I was like 14, I watched it every day. Like, <laughs> I bought it when it first came out. I loved it. Jeffrey Dahmer? I love that guy. Uh, here's the other. Here's the weird thing about Demolition Man. If you see, and that is a weird statement, but if you see Demolition Man in France or like anywhere that's not America, it's not Taco Bell. It's Pizza Hut. You're kidding me. No, uh, the Taco Bell deal in Demolition, because in, in Demolition Man takes place in a post-apocalyptic future, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And every restaurant on Earth is Taco Bell, because Taco Bell, as as, uh, as Sandra Bullock puts it in that movie, was like blah, the only victor of the great fast food wars of the late 20th century. So yeah, all, yeah the, the great franchise wars. <laughs> all, ta all restaurants are Taco Bell. If you see it outside of America, if you see it in Europe, all restaurants are Pizza Hut. That is insane. There you go. That's uh, a great bit of knowledge. Thank you. Right. Thank you, my friend. There you go. Dick. Demolition Man. That's a great movie. John Spartan, leave my domicile. Uh, here is Tim Riley. Time for what? Time for Darwin Watch. Here's your Darwin Watch from uh, uh for uh, Friday on the Rick Emerson Show. I have a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down. Don't don't don't. I need all my cap. Don't don't don't. My parents won't let me use scissors. Oh, my heart just stopped. 
Yeah, there it goes. So we have two for you today. The first one comes to us from Grand Prairie, wherever that is. Probably Texas, I would imagine. A 19-year-old man accidentally shot and killed himself while he was attempting to rob a Grand Prairie home. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Cameron Sands of Fort Worth kicked in the door of the house and shot himself in the stomach as he pulled the gun out of his pants to shoot the homeowner. The homeowner wasn't injured, of course. But after, was amused. After Mr. Sands shot himself, he dropped the gun and ran out of the house. <laughs> they found his body in the driveway of a nearby home. This is the first kind of robbery I've heard of this. It's just like killing himself as he's throwing a gun out of his waistband. What kind of Texan is this? <laughs> and why would you? It seems like he really had it coming because he was going to shoot the guy for no reason. Uh huh. You rob a guy or you shoot him. You don't do both. That's just mean. Oh, that's Texas. I love the stick up. Oh. And then, and then he ran out of the house. Sort of like, oh, I've made a huge mistake. And then he, then he runs and he's dead in somebody else's driveway. In your face, jackass. This comes to us in Florida. You didn't even get out of the starting gate right there. How did you know that? You knew it. You read the story. You cheated. I'm over here. I'm way over here. Do you, you see me? cheated. Do you see me looking over Tim's shoulder? You gave him the story. Maybe. Maybe that's too late. No, it's, you know. Well, I have this one, too. A lot of times you pull the same stuff for some reason. This comes to us from Sethner, Florida. A a Sepner man died after drinking as many as 25 shots of vodka in less than an hour at a bikini bar. Eric Morris, who's 26... So he was really smart to begin with. ...was uh, taking part in a drinking game at the Angel Show Bar <laughs> up Highway 92 in Sepner. Uh, apparently, uh, Morris kept drinking until another uh, bar patron stopped doing shots. A sheriff's investigator told uh, the Tampa Tribune that Morris got up, staggered a few steps, and just collapsed. <laughs> he died at a hospital about two hours later. Good for him. He was recently released from a Florida prison after serving time for burglary. <laughs> They're trying to determine if anyone should face charges. Why? <laughs> so would you give uh, him done us all a favor. Oh, that's great. This guy is 26. He looks like he's in his 50s. <laughs> he was 26? Yeah. They does oh, not look he twenty six. Like ben Affleck. Seriously, like, gone bad. Like a prison Ben Affleck. <laughs> prison Ben. You are um, you are not Karen Allen, sir. You can't do that. Twenty six. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, at a certain point, I mean, at a certain point though, it becomes like a self fulfilling thing, though, right? Where you get so drunk. Let me ask you this, Sarah. Do you do you ever get drunk? I mean, in general, not you specifically, but I mean, do you think you can get drunk enough that you forget that you're really drunk? In other words, he drank 26 shots. Do you suppose that he thinks stupid? Do you suppose he gets to like 12 and then thinks like, I'm three? You know, thinks he's like back at the beginning was somehow. Was he having or? a contest with somebody? Or yeah, was it was a contest. Well, he probably just it's probably some macho thing, like you know. Oh, probably, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. No man's gonna drink more than me. Uh, but but he did win the contest, right? Yes. <laughs> well, there there you go. The shot glass half full. The there's, your, there's your there's <laughs> your there's your Darwin watch. <laughs> That's the see that doesn't even count right there. You look so disgusted. I'm not even gonna acknowledge that. Maybe I'll find it. Tim had already had far before you, I imagine. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Some of us just have sharper reflexes, Sarah. Here's Tim Riley. I'm gonna get you. Okay. Somebody's gonna get somebody. So another Florida story here. Wow. That was me again, by the way. I was distracted. I was trying to make nice faces at our general manager who was out there. Oh. I smiled and waved. Uh-huh. Ladies armed with guns rob a motel, <laughs> and it's part of a new 
Lady Bandit trend. Two gun-toting broads who robbed a Central Florida motel early today are part of a spike in crimes involving female banditry. It's just going to get worse, not better, if women are starting to rob, said victim Bob Silverman. Women. We've got to get together and be tougher. As this economy gets worse and worse, all these women are going to come out of the woodwork. What are we, like aliens? Is he really saying this? <laughs> Investigators said Silverman is the latest victim of a crime involving two or more armed women. It's like it's like this. It's like he's feared this his whole life, and now it's come true that women have started <laughs> to go crazy. <laughs> exactly. It begins. <laughs> so here he is. Uh, Bob's minding his own business, working at the Super 8 Motel. <laughs> When a woman dressed in a dark hoodie walks up to the counter and pulls out a silver handgun, she took the cash and took off with another woman. The only description of the woman was that she was a leader, about five foot four, weighed about 140 pounds. Now, recently, a gang of female bandits dressed in nursing costumes made nationwide headlines after police announced they were targeting women and elderly shoppers in Florida. These women have been striking all over Florida, said Sanford Police <laughs> Chief Jerry Borgungung. Uh, they target the elderly people and other females. Yeah, it's woman upon woman violence. Next, they'll be talking back. This is what happens they're, when you give them the right to vote. They're, exactly. They're Sarah. dressing up as nurses to get people to relax. You know what? So they think they're not going to do anything. <laughs> well, they're planning on doing plenty and have. You know what? And stop this. You guys this? see me come to work with the nurses? <laughs> yeah, run. You know it's trouble. Well, you're, you're about to bludgeon someone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And stop this is a good foot binding. I mean, you can't really run. I mean, you can't run far if you have little little doll feet. All right. I want little nub feet. <laughs> they fit into my sexy little high heels. <laughs> the little feet. Uh, all right. That was in Florida. Here's Tim Riley. So Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger remains at odds with some of his fellow Republicans over offshore drilling. He says anyone tells you offshore drilling on the gas prices is blowing smoke. Now John McCain supports the drilling. An environmental summit in Florida, Schwarzenegger said... Finding new ways to be the nation's oil addiction is not the answer. He knows the U.S. is behind such countries. That, what was that? <laughs> that was me hitting my headphones into the microphone. That was me doing that. Sorry. Uh, so the U.S. is behind other countries like Germany, Denmark, Brazil in using alternative fuels. In the United States, our domestic energy policy is all over the place. He's urging you not to wait for the government to act. Schwarzenegger says Americans can help reduce the use of oil by tuning their engines. Or buying hybrid cars. All right, here's a good question, Tim. I ask, knowing you won't have the answer. So, in, in what did he say? We lag behind who? Germany, Brazil, and Denmark. Denmark. Everybody else. All right. So, I mean, uh, so Germany is not exactly some backwater village. I mean, that's a that's an industrialized nation. So this is when people constantly. In, keep well, it, they probably use less because people only drive their cars during the weekend because they take public transport. Their gas has always been sky high. But he said they use alternative alternative energy. So people are always saying, well, you know, alternative energy, that's a bunch of bunk, run things off the sun. What a bunch of crap. Well, what do they use? I don't know. Germany's burned a lot of things in the past. I don't know what they're using these days. I'm not sure about uh, Denmark or Brazil either. As you, as you knew, I didn't have the answer to that. Further questions? No! I have no further questions about anything. Ever. Okay. <laughs> you on the mark! We'll be back after this, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why 
hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop will join us. Aaron Geek in the city. Duran uh, will play goth or not for the remaining couple pair of uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire tickets. That's tonight at Clark County Amphitheater. Don't forget, coming up uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, 12.01, I guess we'll say. 12.01 Friday morning, uh, July 18th. Uh, join AM 970 and the Rick Emerson Show at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard for the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight. Uh, I do believe, let me see if those are up now. I think if they're not there now, they will be there soon. We'll have a, a direct link through so you can buy tickets uh, for that. Uh, so you got to buy your own, but we'll be there. Uh, we're going to have uh, giveaways and so forth. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so those will be up here. with. Here we go, right there. I'm looking. So if you go to uh, 970.am. 970.am, scroll down to the As Heard in the Rick Emerson Show section. You'll see the big uh, Why So Serious Dark Knight poster. It says, join the Rick Emerson Show for the midnight screening of the Dark Knight. Click here to buy your tickets. Don't wait because it will sell out. Uh, that is um, 12.01, late Thursday night, Friday morning, at the Regal Cinemas uh, in Tigard. So uh, more on that as we get closer to it. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh-oh, the Hollywood Reporter quotes Nielsen as showing... Dave Letterman CBS series tied its lowest ratings ever in the advertising-friendly 18-49 demographic last week. The Late Show with Dave Letterman averaged 0.9, the lowest rating for the first run show since the program debuted in 1993. Well, that's the rating, not the share, though, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, the rating is, I mean... The Tonight Show with Jay Leto averaged 1.3. Because people are dumb, Tim. So... Well, I mean, what are you going to do? The thing about Letterman is, I mean, I love David Letterman. He's an acquired taste. Well, he's not just is he that. He's more East Coast than West Coast. He's more East Coast than West Coast. Uh, he doesn't really appeal to the tool time demographic that Jay Leno does, who are the people that the, the idiocracy demo in America. And also, Letterman is very quirky. You know, Letterman, Leno is very just mainstream and bland. And uh, but Letterman is very quirky. But the problem is, is that I think that, the people of a certain age who are like maybe the, the college kids who are looking for sort of quirky, sort of angular comedy are finding they're just watching Conan O'Brien instead. Yes. Uh, as opposed to Letterman. I think the problem is that Letterman's audience is probably staying, they're probably aging with him. His audience is probably not staying the same age. His audience is probably getting older, uh, which is, you know, that was the problem with Carson, too. Uh, the Carson's audience at a certain point stopped being the same age and started the graying of his audience, as they said. And, you know, that's that's really where these things all kind of... And there was only one Carson. And there was only one Carson. That's the other thing. Everybody else is just a pretender to the throne, Tim. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. I have breaking news. Yes. Wait, hold on. Is it actual breaking news? It is. Do I even have the breaking news sounder anymore? I think that might be another thing that I lost. That's no, I don't. <laughs> right. Yes, how can I help you? Uh, there was a stabbing down by Produce Row. Produce Row on MLK? Uh, wait, is that Produce? Oh, wait, no, no, no. Produce Row is an actual restaurant. Wait, by the way, we've been there before. What have your parties That was, uh, no, I think that's where Lar and I had our reception, though, didn't we? No. Yeah, that's exactly where you had it. Yeah. No, I'm thinking of that Produce store. Produce Row is in the industrial area. Uh, in right. in south southeast. Yes. Okay. There walls that hang out down so there. you're saying there was a stabbing. Where did you hear this, sir? Uh, I drove by and I saw the body bag laying on the ground. Wow. You sure they're not just picking up? We blocks? should say that we have no way of knowing whether this is true. We don't wish to. Uh, we don't wish to be saying that Produce Row is the the scene no, 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 of a crime. No, it wasn't, not. It wasn't at Produce Row. It was not at. It was near it. It was down there on in the railroad track. In that general area. It, yes, in that general area, uh, many, many, many cop cars and. Um, uh, and a lot of people standing around. And a body bag. 
And like the body bag, yeah. All right. Exactly. Well, well uh, excellent. Well, thank you for the breaking news, sir. Well, how do how would you know it was a stabbing? Uh, I asked some guys that were standing around looking at it. Said, "Hey, what's <laughs> going on?" And they said, two homeless guys got in a fight, and one of them stabbed the other one, and, and then he died." Okay. The end. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye. Appreciate it. That breaking news brought to you by the Rick Emerson audience. Hello. Hi there. Hello. Hello. Hey, yeah, I got a question. I mean, I got an answer for your question about um, alternative energy use in Germany and what they do. Yes. I, I can't speak to their countries, but I've seen actual entire neighborhoods where the, each house in the entire neighborhood has solar panels on the roof. Somebody just told me that, actually, that up to 30% of the energy in Germany comes from solar panels. Yeah, so. the, whole, the whole neighborhoods are decked out on it. And on a related topic, uh, just yesterday, which I found was odd, I went and got gas. Apparently, some gas stations, at least this one, they shut the pump off automatically once you hit $75. And the, the attendant comes up to you and says, you're at $75. Do you like me to keep pumping? Uh, I found that was quite odd. But, I mean, what is the logic there, the idea that somehow people are inadvertently, because the gas is so expensive, people are inadvertently putting way more in than they than they realize? I, I, I would guess. I would assume that maybe 75 is a good rounded number, and people don't want to go above that. But Seriously, that was... 75? Okay, I mean, if we can go around the room, does anybody here's car take $75 to fill? Tim? I've never filled it. <laughs> I put $40 really? in my car today, and it only filled it uh, a little more than half a tank. I, I will say my gas bill for last month was $92, twice as much as what I usually have. And I didn't go anywhere. I drove into town maybe once or twice. You max it, though, most of the time, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's hardly driving. I just drive around Tannis for doing errands. And so you just sort of top off the car. You don't really ever fill it. No, I put like $15 in every Yeah, I'm pretty freakish about never letting it get down to the, to the end, but um, so $75, jeez. And I wonder if that's, well, we heard that the, I sounded so, I sounded so Midwestern, the $75, jeez. $75. Uh, and that's like we hear those gas stations are not demanding cash, which seems like a mistake. That seems like a, that seems like another stabbing waiting to happen. All right, thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right. Um, we'll have two of these, and we'll continue with the news. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hello. How you doing? This is Dan. Uh, hello, Stan. What's up? Oh, not much. Hey, uh, I just heard you talking about Dark Knight. I was curious if anyone has taken the time to watch the pre-recorded shows on the Comcast uh, DVR selections. I, I don't really know. Uh, I don't use the Comcast DVR, so what are they? Oh, um, well, they, they simply have some uh, weird type of... Uh, Almost like news broadcast things that have been. Uh, oh, is this the Gotham, the Gotham update or whatever that is, the uh, Gotham news? Yeah, they have those, and then they also have uh, some type of uh, anime, basically uh, type of cartoon series related to it. Just kind of a good marketing sense, you know, to hopefully get people interested in the movie. Yeah, Sarah and I were talking about that today. There's that one where it's like they do a profile of Bruce Wayne on the Gotham News or the Gotham Nightly Update, whatever they're calling it. And then, um, and then really, if people are looking to get their Batman fix, uh, I would suggest two things. One is pick up a copy of Killing Joke by Ellen Moore, which is the graphic novel that apparently has the most resemblance to The Dark Knight. And B... You really could do worse than to go rent yourself uh, a copy of uh, Rent Yourself or Buy It at CD Game Exchange. They got it. The um, the, the Batman animated series uh, that they were doing in the 90s with Mark Hamill as the Joker, which is really, really exceptional. Ah, yes. All right. Uh, so, all right. I'm going to get off the energy series, but I uh, just wanted to tell uh, Tim, Sarah, you guys, such a great combination. You guys bring so much joy to my day every day unfortunately in the car in between uh, appointments we are the we are the talkative rainbow in this in the in, in the rainy sky of your life and i have uh, one other question for you yes. I, uh, my wife's name is also laura and uh, i was curious 
Do uh, many people refer to her as Laura? Everybody. And do you, ever, and do you ever take the time to correct them? No. Or do you even care about that? Everybody. Yeah, my wife's name is Laura, L-A-R-A. Um, and, uh, and she is named after, after Lara in Dr. Zhivago. Uh, but Same with my wife. Yeah. Everybody calls her Laura. And I will actually correct them. Uh, like if somebody says, if somebody says, uh, hey, so your wife, Laura, and I'll say, oh, it's Lara, L-A-R-A, I'll actually do that. But she herself, after 30-odd years on this planet, doesn't take the time to correct anybody anymore. She is exactly just sort of... Exactly the same scenario with yeah, my wife. She's sort yeah. of done with it. So, all right, thank you, my friend. Have a great afternoon. All right, there you go. Uh, all right, let's do... I lied. Let's do one more here, and then we'll continue the news with Tim Riley. Hello, sir. Hey, more breaking news. Yes. Um, I-205 South at the North Oregon City off-ramp. Mm -hmm. My flight just landed there, and I think in the uh, Home Depot parking lot. So uh, all, the over uh, ramp uh, of 213 is closed. Uh, traffic's pretty jammed up, and you cannot get on 213 off of northbound. Wait, wait. So do you know why? So what happened? Do you know what caused it? Nope. Uh, but there's the uh, there's the rocks just uh, just right there in the in the in the Willamette River by the uh, by the 205 overpass. All right. So, Thank you. could be some idiot jumping off a rock. I don't know. Thank you for the advisory, sir. No problem. All right. Thank you. All right. There you go. There's crazy in the air today. It, there it is. totally is. And it's going to be really hot, and you know it's going to drive people nuts. Oh, by the way, apparently credit cards will not honor more than $75. Um, well, that doesn't, that's not true. Oh, in advance, maybe, this guy. This guy says $75 is it? This doesn't make any sense. He says $75 is a credit card limit. Credit cards won't honor more than $75 in purchase. Maybe that means on a gas purchase. That could be. I still use my Shell credit card. Yeah, I mean, but I, I pay it off every month. Now that's different though because that's a gas-only credit card, and right? I save three cents a gallon. Yes. So, but I do believe. So maybe he's saying that like a regular, like a Visa or something, won't do more than seventy-five dollars in gas. But they're gonna have to adjust that clearly. So. Mm -hmm. All right, here's Tim Riley. So the buzz over Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker has been justified. A press screening for Batman Begins sequel last night. Had the audience crackling along with Ledger's Joker, a depraved creature utterly without conscience, whom the late actor played with gleeful enmity. At times, sounding like a cross between James Cagney in a gangster flick and Philip Seymour Hoffman's fastidious Truman Capote, Ledger elevates Batman's number one nemesis to a place even Jack Nicholson couldn't take him. Because Jack Nicholson sucked. Because I'm so... Oh, it's Oh yeah. my God! Seriously, uh, you know, and I, I hate to be ranting about something that is that is I know in the grand scheme of things not that important. If this, if Heath Ledger can give us one final gift as an actor, it will be to wipe forever away the image of Jack Nicholson as the Joker, worst Joker ever. And I, and, and you know, many people like Jack Nicholson as Joker. You are free to do so. It's free country. I can't stop you. Uh, but you know, from from day one, I detested that Jack Nicholson Joker. I just hate it with everything in me. And and so the, because this this I mean not that not that I'm like the authority in these obviously but it seems like this is the way the Joker ought to be. Mm -hmm. I mean the Joker is not supposed to be just funny. The Joker is supposed to be evil. He's a crazy evil clown. So uh, anyway, so they're so they're giving it a huge thumbs up though. Yes. All right. Peter Travers from Rolling Stone said that uh, uh, this I mean, you know maybe you always have to be careful of this. It sounds like a lot of hype maybe. But Peter Travers from Rolling Stone made the observation he believes that Ledger might be the first posthumous posthumous Oscar since um, Peter Finch got it for Network. So yeah, I, that, that dead body, just interrupting briefly, that dead body was found in the 100 block of Southeast Stark. That's the 100 block of Southeast Stark. 
where they found the dead body. So homicide was, detectives are on the scene. So that was boy. That's got to be that's got to be the suck as a homicide detective. We're trying to figure out which, which of two bums stabbed one another. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so yeah, so the the, the Heath Ledger thing is apparently, you know, it's apparently very uh, apparently very good. So. so Barack Obama are in a place called Unity, New Hampshire, trying to heal the wounds of their uh, old time spats. I know uh, what uh, we are here in this field in Unity. Will end on the steps of the Capitol when Barack Obama takes the oath of office as our next president. The healing process is now underway. I am so proud and privileged today to help bring together the 36 million Americans who supported us to create an unstoppable force for change we can all believe in. Apparently, Bill Clinton doesn't think so. I actually just took my headphones off my head All I can just hear now. whenever she talks is like, I don't feel no way I was tired. just thinking, I was looking for it, but I don't have it. Oh. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I mean, and look, I'm yeah. glad you don't have to listen to her. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, really. God, is it, is it any wonder that Bill Clinton tries not to be around that woman? <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love Hillary Clinton, but Jesus. I mean, she's just, she's so strident and sure. You know what she sounds like, too? Whenever, uh, whenever I hear... Hillary Clinton, I think of what's her name, Mom from Mom's Friendly Robot Company uh, on Futurama, uh, where she's always just shouting and being, stick a bastard in it, you crap, you know, and smacking the guy. Uh, so, yeah, and I understand, you got 36 million votes, we know, a lot of people like you, you feel like you should have won, we know you think you ought to be president, move on, get past it. She says that John McCain and President Bush are made of the same cloth. In the end, Senator McCain and President Bush are like two sides of the same coin, and it doesn't amount to a whole lot of change. Ah! Burns. has fun with the crowd. I was honored to be in this race with Barack, and I am proud that we had a spirited dialogue. (laughs) That was the nicest way I could think of phrasing it. Uh, the sheriff of uh, Unity said the residents uh, enjoy all this. And uh, let's see. Apparently, it won't affect the town all that much. His name of the store is Will's Place. He's obviously open before, during, and after. He's joked that if everybody's up at the school down the road, that he might shut down the store for a little bit and go down and listen to Hillary and Baraka speak. What a bustling. Baraka? They call him Baraka? I believe Baraka is a character from Mortal Kombat, sir. Uh, all right. Well, whatever. So... Yeah, it's too bad that they had to go all that way for the two-lane windy road. Oh, Jerry Kastenbaum? He's talking about Steve Kastenbaum, as I said, Google Google Maps or Google Directions or whatever, was having him, like, go down an unfinished dirt road that goes through, like, an, like an orchard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it goes through, like, a, goes through, like an apple an, an apple shrub. Yeah, there's uh, not much orchard. up there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh... They have no choice but to be unified up there. All right. Uh, let's see here. In the wake of the Supreme Court outlawing the death penalty for child rapists, Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal has issued a measure mandating castration for all sex offenders. The judge can impose the sense of chemical castration it's administered by health care professionals. On the second offense, it's mandatory. The judge can also uh, order physical castration. Governor Bobby doesn't want sex offenders in Louisiana. We want the message to go out there. We don't want anybody in Louisiana coming to Louisiana. We don't want anybody in Louisiana harming our children. We think that these monsters need to be stopped. He went outside the Constitution. 
uh, the Senate, the Supreme Court went outside the Constitution and outlawed. We demand the right to kill people. Reason. One of the reasons they rejected the Louisiana law was they said that there was a growing national consensus against the death penalty in these cases. I thought the job of the court was to interpret the Constitution as intended by the founding fathers, not to take national opinion polls. Never, never forget, part of being an American is killing people who we determine to be pests. Yes. Uh, so uh, here's what I don't understand about this. I mean, obviously, I mean, here's my thing is like, you know, I mean, you use it, even to use the phrase child rapist is just so horrible because, I mean, obviously they're like the lowest rung on, on, the, on the hideous ladder. Um, and clearly they don't deserve to be alive. But you know what? I, I can I can drop a list right now of probably eight nine hundred people I know personally who don't really deserve to be alive. I mean, there's I mean, the, the job of the politician is to name certain people they want dead. I mean, Otherwise, they're not going to get votes. I, that's really I mean, you know, I mean, obviously they deserve to get what's coming to them. I mean, that's what they did. But you can't just go around giving everybody what they've got coming to them because pretty soon it's then it's just a full time job. So I mean, I don't understand the problem. With just, you know, somebody's some bastard child molester. You just you just grab them and you just stick them in a hole, and they just stay there until until they're a pile of dust. What I here's the other thing I don't understand. The other thing I don't understand about this is, and this is more of a psychological issue than we probably want to get into in such a dumb program. But I what I don't understand is how people who write about sort of sex offenses or sex crimes or whatever. On the one hand, always, like this guy is embracing castration, which is a strange phrase. He's embracing castration or saying castration is the answer. But then you also, on the other hand, you always have people who are just sort of mouthing this phrase that, well, like, you know, sex crimes aren't, it's not a crime of sex. It's, a, it's not about sex. It's about violence. So castration doesn't even seem like the right answer. I mean, if you're always going to be saying that rape isn't really a crime of sex, it's a crime of violence, then it seems like castration is a stupid idea. It seems like it's just pointless. Like, what, would be, what would be the point of that? So, in any event, you just, uh, you know, it, it just seems, uh, I mean, I'm not for constantly sticking more people in jail, but really, there people who ought to just be put in a small hole and just kept there for the rest of their life. And I would imagine that this, uh, this is that. Well, they won't be finding very much muskrat love in Missouri today. The Army Corps of Engineers said there's evidence of muskrat holes that are causing a levee to break and widespread evacuation. I think they had a hand in it, yes, <laughs> or a paw. See, the muskrats live along the river and the creeks, and they burrow in, and that's their nest. Okay, this is a good time to ask about this. In my garden, uh, not a garden, but I have like a little, you know, it's like a little, like I don't, it's like a, a little garden in the front of my house where there's just like shrubs and there's whatever. Uh, all the uh, homeless people lie down. <laughs> No, Tim, that's in my driveway. Okay. After they've gone number two. Uh, no, in front of my house, I have, you know, like a little, well, Sarah, you've seen my place. I have a little a little garden area and whatever. Mm -hmm. There are these big holes that have started appearing in the ground underneath one of my shrubs. And so my question. Like gophers. Well, but see, Sarah, uh, Sarah, Lara said gophers, but I thought gophers didn't. I didn't think they existed like in sort of big in, in metropolitan cities. I think gophers were like. in Seattle. Really? Mm-hmm. So we were trying to think, we're like, was well, somebody said it's squirrels. In fact, I think my squirrels wife... Squirrels aren't going to be digging holes in your garden. Well, see, that's what we thought, because Lars said, well, maybe it's squirrels. And I said, no, 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 the squirrels live, you know, somewhere else. But then but then we had this whole dumb discussion of, well, okay, where do squirrels live? In trees. But what do you mean in trees? Do they sleep, like, on a branch? Sure. Why Is not? that true? Or are yeah. you just guessing? No, squirrels do sleep in trees. What about during the winter? Some sleep inside trees. 
But but how many trees do you know that really are hollow in the inside or have big holes? I don't think, I don't know where squirrels go during the winter. And it's not like they all just die out. That wouldn't make any sense. There'd be no squirrels come fall then Maybe or come spring. Maybe they sleep in bushes. But see, but is that is that the case? So uh, somebody call me right now and tell me. First of all, when it becomes cold, where do all the squirrels go? Where have all the squirrels gone? Also, I, I demand to know if squirrels can dig holes in the ground because Laura claims that somebody at work told her they do. So I've got these two big holes. In it, the first, there was just one. That's why another naturally occurring. There was one big hole, and then about three days later, another big hole right next to it. So there's clearly some sort of burrowing. They grow a thicker coat of fur and construct well-insulated nests in tree cavities or in homes or buildings. Okay, so they could be in my garage, for example. Yes. So anyway, so there's some sort of burrowing creature living in my garden. I don't really care. Doesn't really matter to me. But I'm just, I'm curious as to what it is. It bugs me that I don't know. All right. Anyway, there you go. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yes, hello. I'd like to talk about child molesters. Uh, are you mentioning putting them in a hole somewhere? And it sounds like you agree that they don't deserve to live, but think about the millions of tax dollars going to them being in prison and fed and getting more, you know, better health care than most Americans. And cable television. And I've even heard of child molesters uh, getting, uh, well, uh, what, uh, a law degree as well as a Ph.D. while in uh, incarcerated for the fourth time molesting a child, and they're able to, to have well, those rights. I mean, I'd say put one bullet in their back of the head and call it good. Well, the I would. World is a better place. I would. I would. Well, first of all, I would say this. Let's let's all agree that let's all agree that there are any number of people, and this is we're, we'll talk about it here, and then we're not going to turn the whole show into it because then it just becomes a big buzzkill. But um, let me just say first of all, we can all agree that child molesters, like any number of other people, are wastes of air who really really ought not to be here and don't really deserve to live. My whole thing is, I agree. you just, in my opinion, you just can't start going around giving everybody who's got it coming, like giving it to them. Because it seems like it's not really such a clever idea to show that killing is wrong by killing people. That just doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense to me. What, Further, what well, let me just, let, just let me say this. First of all, and also... The fact of the matter is, because we don't live in Iran, for example, it costs more to kill someone than it does to keep them in prison. And that's a fact. That is what they call a checkable fact. It costs more to execute someone than it does to keep them in prison forever. That is just a fact. Even if we use generic drugs? Even, even if we use, even what, if we use gen, like generic arsenic. So that's just... from Canada? And the only, and the only reason, and, you know, and, and so again, don't get me wrong, I, I, there's all kinds of people who really don't, who really deserve to die, but I just think, I think it's a bad idea, I think it's a bad idea in an alleged civilized society to just going around uh, killing people because we think that they've got it coming. A, because let's be honest, I don't trust... I mean, I don't trust the government enough to put the government in charge of deciding who gets killed and who doesn't. There's a, there are too many cases and too many stories and too many uh, case studies of guys getting out of prison after 30 years because some DNA exonerates them, including rapists, by the way. So maybe you trust the government a lot more than I do, but I don't trust I don't trust the government to decide who needs to be killed and who doesn't. I don't trust the government to pave roads. <laughs> Well, I just think at some point the gene pool will be cleaned up enough so that we won't have to be killing on such a massive scale. But at the same time, if in a courtroom you've got a preponderance of evidence, there are videotapes of somebody doing something horrible, I mean, case closed, show it to the public, and, you know, somebody's going to volunteer to do the killing so that it won't have to cost the government so much money. 
We should have volunteer killers. Yes, absolutely. Because I mean, those are the kind of people that I want roaming the street, people who volunteer to do a lot of killing. If you well, volunteer maybe... to do a lot of killing, you yourself ought to spend some time in a room being asked questions about your childhood, I would think. How about if we take a, a low-level criminal or one that's just incarcerated for life for something less than child molesting and then put the killing into his hands? This seems like some sort of a reality show that Mark Burnett is probably dreaming up right now. Right. right. I want to well, I mean, let's again. So we, I think we can all agree that they're all. We'll just we'll leave it at this, my friend. I think that it, we can all agree. Lots of people who really ought to be killed, they really do have it coming. But I have to tell you this. Like I said maybe you have more faith in people and the government than I. But I cannot think of of an organization of people less qualified to make life and death decisions than the United States government. That's true. So, all right. Thank you, my friend. All right. All right there you go. That's, uh, that's that guy. We now pause five seconds for station identification. You're listening to KCMD Portland, a proud part of the CBS radio family. It's 105. Ding. The talker. Thank you. Talker. Damn it. No, that's not even the right sounder. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Tony Blair is urging the world's leaders to set a goal of cutting greenhouse gases by the year 2050. He's in Tokyo to present a report to the climate group, whoever they are. Uh, it says the essential thing is to get the global 2050 target agreed upon and then work out details next year, whatever that means. This guy claims I have rats. Now, it's a big Tony challenge. Blair. Don't misunderstand me. But when the world's leading scientists are telling us again and again and again, this is a threat, potentially a catastrophic threat to our, our climate, we've got to act. And what we're trying to do is to suggest a way that we can act sensibly, realistically. Wait, so wait, when, so did we... Who the North did? Pole is melting. Tony Blair, remember him? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tony Blair. Um, so, hey, boy, speaking of Tony Blair... Tony Blair. <laughs> speaking of Tony Blair, you know who's just unbelievably hot? Is that girl in Love Actually that plays the love interest for Hugh Grant. Love Actually? You know Love Actually? I don't think I've watched that. Love Actually? Oh, come on. Really? Love Actually. Love Actually, I would say, is one of the... Was one of the, the, the Maybe the three best romantic comedies ever made. I watched that Bridget Jones movie. Is that the same thing? Bridget Jones Diary. That's a fine I film. I love that It's movie. funny. Uh, it is. It's hilarious. Uh, so, um, it, boy, Renee Zellweger was really beautiful in that, too. The, no, there's three, there's three, in my mind, three really definitive romantic comedies. I would say Annie Hall, which is sort of the original modern romantic comedy. I mean, you know, there was a, sort of the screwball comedies of the 50s. But I would say in terms of modern romantic comedy, they all go back to Annie Hall. Uh, which beat Star Wars for a Best uh, Picture Oscar, and I'm not I'm not bitter about it. I'm just saying. Um, so there's Annie Hall. There is Say Anything, which I believe is probably the most legitimately sweet uh, uh, romantic comedy of all. I'm just saying for me, Say Anything is probably the most legitimately sweet and touching romantic comedy. I would say though, in terms of flat out entertainment, I'd say Love Actually, which is by Ben Elton and Richard Curtis, mm -hmm. came out about four years ago. That, I'm saying for me, flat-out, hands-down, most entertaining romantic comedy ever made. I mean, it really is wonderful. It's, it's an amazing film. I'm trying to figure, remember who his love interest was. Uh, she, what, did she, what, what did she do? What was her character? Uh, she was just basically, I hate to say oh. like Monica Lewinsky, but she was basically like a White House sort of intern that girl type. That very cute. Yeah, she looks mm -hmm. like your type. Very. I'm saying you have a type. What is my type? Monica Lewinsky. Wait, are we treading into dangerous water if you say what my type is? Yes. Okay. Um, but I, I just know you, and I know your type. But, yeah, but uh, so Hugh Grant was the prime minister, basically modeled on Tony Blair, and then there was this, like, hot girl 
who was an assistant, that they transferred out of the office at one point because, like, his 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 personal uh, secretary, like, saw that he was getting a crush on the girl, and then he goes to her house and blah, blah, blah. My cabinet is crap. I'm sacking them in the new year. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, speaking of things across the pond, because Britain's members of Parliament have nothing better to do, they're asking for a commercial showing of uh, two men kissing to be reinstated on television after it was pulled due to complaints. According to the BBC, the commercial depicts a male chef with a New York accent making sandwiches in a British kitchen. As two school kill, uh, kids run by and pick up the food, they call the uh, chef mom before a man in a business suit depicted as their dad dashes in to kiss the chef goodbye. He's not a... Hey, ain't you forgetting something? I love you. Straight home from work, sweet cheeks. Well, that's it. The, re- the country's going to implode now. I can already feel the walls of the republic shaking. Jesus. Yeah, it's good that people don't have anything better to occupy their time with. Oh, and that's their parliament <laughs> that, that's arguing that. Really? Yes. Seriously. Jesus. It's almost hard to believe we can't fix global warming. That's by the way, just not the, just to just to touch back just one moment on that last the guy who called in about the child whatever's and the death penalty when he was saying like why don't we put the government in charge of killing people because this is what, because this is how dumb governments and lawmakers are they're spending their time talking about a guy kissing another dude in a mayonnaise commercial I don't trust the government to give me a free flu shot I wouldn't trust them to, 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 to see who they should kill well, I mean really no way. That's remember the scary. last time we got flu shots around here oh, I was yeah. sick as a dog within five minutes and I had to finish the rest of the show I mean, my mother has been sick like every couple of weeks with the flu like well she's still getting sick I mean like throughout the whole winter because at her school they had free flu shots I mean when you know Terry and I go out on Wednesdays to do our door-to-door thing for the whatever the spreading word of the station are you giving away free flu shots no but here in Portland I'm not even talking about in the boondocks here in Portland Oregon we drive down any number of roads where the government has actually taken the time not to finish the road, but to actually just put up a sign saying, unfinished road. And, I mean, then the road is just like a nothing. It's just a collection of dirt mounds and potholes. Clearly, they know the road is unfinished because they took the time to go and create and buy and install a sign that says unfinished road. I mean, freaking trillion-dollar economy, we can't get a road paved. Those are not the guys that I want in charge of who lives and who dies. Just call me crazy. Here's Tim Riley. You know whose last day at the job it is today? Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Paul Halama. No, is it true? Yes. It is. Paul Halama. You're kidding. Paul Halama will be leaving our fine uh, colleague, uh, Paul Halama. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, so am I. He uh, worked with us at Fisher Broadcasting, then at uh, Intercom, and now here. And he worked with me long before that in the suburbs. Is that true? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. We we used to do insane remotes, like uh, uh, baby seat safety clinics on weekends (laughs) and parking garages. (laughs) I didn't know you went back. Oh, yeah. We go back a long time. All kinds of embarrassing things they used to sell, but Paul can sell anything. Yes, yes, he can. Uh, I like that Paul Halama. Yeah, Paul Halama's a good guy. He's creepy, but in a good way. That is true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's the good he kind of creepy. creepy. Paul Lama has made us much money uh, in He's our made a lot in of our careers. Of money. Yep. I mean, he he used to sell things like at, at another place. Uh, entire hours of descriptions of airplanes flying over an airport during an air show. That is true. Excellent. Well, he did it every year. Godspeed, Paul Halama. So today, today is you'll uh, come back to us someday, Paul Halama. They all come back. Well, we'll all end up working. We will end up working with him at some point. We so worked with him at like three different companies. Yeah, we're kind of we're chained together at the ankle with that guy. So he um, escape us, Paul Halama. No, so we'll find you again, Paul Halama. Um, Paul will be. Uh, I, I think CBS would probably want me to put it this way. Uh, Paul Halama will be um, 
Spending time with his family. He, no. Uh, no, I, he will be selling something else. He's oh. going to be selling a, a different type of... Uh, media. Working in a, yeah, working in a different form four, of media. Four brushes. Yes, exactly. Uh, oh, is the, uh, anyway, but whose last day is today? Then we'll talk to Jim Roop. Bill Gates! Uh, but see, now, I heard that story this morning... But didn't we have that story like four years ago that he had stepped down? No, no. He hasn't stepped down yet. I'm pretty sure that he stepped, maybe he stepped down from being CEO. This after founding the software giant with Paul Allen 33 years ago. Microsoft spokesman Lou Gallo says the 53-year-old, can you imagine being retiring at 53? He leaves a large legacy for those to follow in his footsteps. The younger people that are hired now that come here have in their educational backgrounds those foundations that Bill and his colleagues who were here in those early days set, and th- those were starting points for the people that come here now. It's true they get free soda. I, you know, I, I know it is fashionable uh, for people to hate on Microsoft. Well, everyone hates Windows Vista. Well, that's the It's thing. not just fashionable, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, Tim Riley. Game, set, match. Um I, I will say this, though, that I, uh, as, as a younger man especially, uh, I really, really did uh, look up to Bill Gates. Really, it still do in some ways. I uh, I went through a period of my life, though, where I had a full-on, I, I would say, idolization of that guy happening. Um, and I've told the story before of driving and just sitting outside his house and staring at it. <laughs> Bill Gates lives in there. Um, which I guess sounds kind of creepy now, but what are you going to do? Um, so... Um, as somebody once said, there are there are uh, this is not so much for geeks, but it is for nerds. I read a nerd test one time online. It was like, how big of a nerd are you? Blah 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 blah. You answer a hundred questions, and one of the questions was to determine if you were a nerd. One of the questions was, do you know why Bill Gates is both God and the devil? Um, and uh, because you talk about a guy who has meant so much. I'm talking like he's dead, but I mean he's meant so much to the world of computing and technology, and certainly to the American economy. On the other hand, a guy who was really just like an absolute uh, dick by many, by many, if not most, accounts, and um, and who makes products that are terrible in some ways. Uh, but you know, he tells everyone he'll fix them all eventually. Uh, yes, they continue to buy. That's the thing. I mean, right? But I mean, you know what you got to you know what you got to say for Bill Gates. That is a guy who never gives up. That company never gives up. They will put out a product just to be first. That is absolute crap. But they'll get it right eventually. I mean, it took Windows. What? Windows 1.0, 2.0, 3.1? I mean, even if you're going to say Windows 3.1 was good. I mean, that took years, years, years. And it wasn't really until Windows 95 that they managed to just flat out, flat out steal the graphical user interface correctly. So same with the Microsoft Zune. Your friend Tuggy has that Microsoft Zune, which he himself acknowledges is just like buying a brick. It's like buying a brick made out of dung. It's true. Uh, but you know what? I've heard good things about the next the next gen of Zune, as they say. So you know what? They don't give up. You, Bill, Microsoft is like a zombie. You have to cut off the head or they're just going to keep coming back. You cannot ever count them out. Let's welcome now to the... Uh, oh, and then we have like another horrible highway update that we'll get to. Let's welcome now from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. Afternoon, sir. What's up with you, brother? Man, how's life? Uh, life's good, man. Life's good for me. You know, I'm you... not. I'm not Bill Gates, but life's still good. I was just gonna say, somewhere between being Bill Gates and being that guy who sang Chocolate Rain, there you are. <laughs> uh, hey, Tim Riley just handed this to me before we talk about this hydrogen business. This is from Dateline Malibu. Uh, so, did you hear about this woman who's building her house out of recycled parts of airplanes? Yeah, it's actually the back end of an old. Uh... 747, I think. And so what is it? Because she's bored? 
or is this like she's no, she she like a crazy artist? Yeah, well, I, I don't really know. She just uh, she saw this thing, and when she looked at it, she saw a house. Um, everybody else saw the butt end of an airplane. Hey, can I tell you a thing that I don't know much about? I I sort of know of it, but I don't really know a whole lot about the, a whole lot about the watchtowers. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a piece of sculpture. And is it made out of? I heard all kinds of metal and weird. Crap. And a lot of refuse and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it was it just one guy that built the watchtowers? Yeah, sure enough. And uh, how long have they been there? Seventies. I got to go see those at some point. It seems like it, it's sort of in a. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's kind of cool to see and to realize somebody built it, and then you ask the question why. But it's there. Really often there is no there is no why. There is only a when and a how. And a, how it became you know. art, I don't yeah. know, but there are things I don't understand in this world, like why Bill Gates waited until he was 53 to retire. Why not 52? Why not when you become a billionaire for the fifth time? You know, you know? why not after 3.1? Boy, I, boy, his house, though, have you ever read a description of Bill Gates' house? No. I don't just mean, like, how big it is or how whatever. He has, I mean, really, it is, he lives in the house of tomorrow. Like, you used to see those old, welcome to the house of tomorrow, where, you know, and that's Bill Gates. Here's the thing, here's, the, here's my favorite fun fact about Bill Gates' house. Bill Gates' house, obviously, is massive, you know, endless hallways going everywhere and, you know, whatever, 50 rooms and something. But Bill Gates' house, all throughout the house are these ultra-high-fidelity, yet completely invisible uh, speakers, you know, for music. When you put on, when you walk into Bill Gates' house, you put on a little like, like a little lapel pin, basically, like a little a little thing that you like stick into your into your into your shirt or into your, you carry it in your pocket, and it is a unique identifier for you. So let's say, for example, uh, you know, you're really into, uh, you know, whatever, you're really into Bachman Turner Overdrive, and the house will know that because it has your profile on on file. So as you are walking through Bill Gates' house. The thousands of speakers, the volume goes up, reaches its peak level, and then goes back down and turns off as you pass each speaker. So that everywhere you walk in the house, the music level is consistent, but that no one else in the house has to hear it. What if you don't want that? Well, I think you can turn it off, I would hope, unless the house just goes crazy and kills you. Unless the house re- re- achieves self-consciousness at some point, like some sort of Skynet computer, and then it, then it turns on you. Let's not think about that, though. Wow. Um, kind of crazy. Speaking of the world of tomorrow, Jim Roop, um, so you, I don't understand the thing with this hydrogen fuel station. First of all, where would you get a car that you fuel up at one of these hydrogen fueling stations? From either BMW, Honda, or Chevrolet. So here's what I don't get. The car goes twice as far on hydrogen as it does on gas, but wait for it. The fuel is twice as expensive. Well, sort of. A, liter, a kilogram... Uh, of uh, a kilogram of hydrogen costs the same as about a gallon of gas, but you get the equivalent of 75 miles per gallon. Um, it's 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 a kilogram for those who who may have forgotten their their chemistry is about a kilogram is about the same mass as a liter of water, and there are what 3.8 liters per gallon or something sure so if you're paying you know five bucks a liter or five bucks a kilogram you're spending really three times the amount of a gallon of gas but it's clean it's uh it's efficient you can go a lot farther uh the only thing that comes out of it is water vapor very quiet car it's actually very cool i would love to have one in fact i put my name in the hat for uh to be a, one of the test drivers of that thing i don't think i qualify but 
um, it'd be kind of cool to drive one of those juniors around, especially now that there's a fueling station. So now is a hydrogen car, is it sort of like a hybrid in that it's just very silent and makes no noise and it just puts out like water vapor or something? Yeah, but, but not a hybrid. It really is a, it's a fuel cell. It's a hydrogen fuel cell. And hydrogen's not, hydrogen's not a fuel. It's, it's a carrier of energy like a battery. Right. And so you put hydrogen in, it mixes with air, it creates electrons, uh, and then this electrical current uh, powers the motor and other components of the car. So it's it's really electrons that shift, not atoms that shift. So it's not like a hydrogen bomb you're driving. <laughs> that's that's not. So you're not driving the Hindenburg. No, well, the Hindenburg didn't explode because of the hydrogen. You know, it was that rocket fuel, aluminum, and iron oxide coating they put on the thing, and when it was docking, an electrical spark ignited the skin. Okay, but can I can I tell you this? So it wasn't hydrogen. What? I so first of all, a props for knowing all of that, and b I so desperately want to call this hydrogen car the humanity. <laughs> <laughs> the new the new BMW humanity. Uh, <laughs> See, I and that's a yeah, double. I, I would have talked to you yesterday at the news conference. I would have said that. That's but. a double pun, by the way. I mean, because it's True. a it's because it's a green car that works for the betterment of mankind, and also it runs on on hydrogen. See? The humanity. Isn't that great? <laughs> that's beautiful. Th this gas station is really cool though, because right next to the regular gas pump is this hydrogen fuel pump. And then there's a visitor center there that next to the mini mart that that helps you understand what hydrogen cars are all about. It's pretty crazy. You know, it seems like it, everybody's getting so bent out of shape about, and I, you know, it's fine, which is great. You know, about the environment or whatever people. But, but then you hear this, especially in the world of talk radio, which is just filled with so much garbage for most of the time. And it's like you hear. And just this sniping back and forth between the extreme idiot left and the extreme idiot right, where the left is shrieking about melting ice caps and what are we going to do and we all got to, you know, and then the, the right is screaming that global warming doesn't exist and who cares and whatever. It seems, don't you agree, though, that there's just, there's, we are both, both sides here are so ideologically entrenched that there's never, it's just like as a matter of principle and pride, neither side is ever, even if the evidence was put right in front of them, neither side is ever going to acknowledge that they're wrong. And so it really is going to take, I mean, I just got off talking about how I don't trust the government to do anything, but it is going to take at some point, somebody's just going to have to get on television and just say, look, like, this is how it is, and it's just going to have to be that way, and if you don't like it, you can lump it. Yeah, but are you, going to, are you going to believe that guy? No, probably not. You know, I mean, it's you're right. It, only because there's so much money to be made on either side of the issue that people are going to stay as much as they can on their side of the issue so they can get the resources to live their lives, not necessarily help the planet. Yeah. Hey, uh, real, real quickly before we go, did you see this thing about um, uh, about the, mag the the magicians Hall of Fame museum? No. So, uh, so Tim just handed this to me. This is from Hollywood. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, is it up at the Magic Castle? I I guess. Well, it's, no, it's at the. Uh, let's see. It's at the old Home Savings Bank building that was the site of the old NBC studios off of Sunset. So I guess. Sunset and what? Uh, let's see. I'm looking here. I'm trying to find the actual, but but I guess. But I guess there's there's all of this um there's all of this stuff down there. There are all of these sort of artifacts down there. Bing Crosby's personal RCA microphone, hundreds of CBS master uh, recordings of uh, Jack Benny, uh, Bergen McCarthy, uh, all of that. But I guess everything has had to be sealed off for four years now, because a. Department of Water and Power Transformer blew in an underground vault, contaminating the entire thing with carcinogenic uh, PCBs. Hmm. I just, I'll send this, I'll send it's this in link the daily news. 
Yeah, I'll send this link to you. It's pretty fascinating. So they've got this museum that's full of that's full of all of these incredible priceless artifacts that they can't get to because there was some sort of an industrial accident, and so the whole thing is carcinogenic. So the EPA has ordered everything shut down, and you can't even get near the thing uh, because you have to wear a hazmat suit to even get into where all this stuff is being kept. I think it's a Washington Mutual. No, it used to be a Washington Home Mutual State. at Sunset and Vine. I have to check that out next time I'm at the Bureau. Yeah, the uh, Magician's Hall of Fame especially is in the basement building, the Washington Mutual Bank at Sunset and Vine. Access to the archives has been blocked for almost four years because the room is contaminated and no one will agree to pay for the cleanup. So. Whoa. There you go. That's a story right there, Jim. I'm Luke. checking that From out. Portland, you, Oregon, you, Hollywood, California. <laughs> you need to put on one of those hazmat Devo suits and go down there and check it out, brother. Yeah. There you go. That'll be fun to do when it's 98 degrees. It's like a plastic bag. Exactly. Or just hold your breath. Just hold my breath. All right, brother. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy your weekend, sir. Uh, thank you. There sir. you go. James Roop in Los Angeles. That's no. where the uh, Pacific Pioneer broadcast, like Gene Autry and all the old-timers used to meet in that room. Of course, they all died off. Yeah. And since they didn't meet there anymore, they weren't having any meetings, and all that stuff just stayed down. I love the idea that there's a room somewhere that just has all of the old CBS master recordings. Because yeah. you always just hear about that stuff being found in a dump, you know? Like some guy, I was going through a, I was going through a dumpster in the back, you know, well, and then I found all of these Tonight Show episodes. Well, what was very interesting is the building they just vacated, CBS on Sunset Boulevard, that building... Still had the original seats from the Jack Benny show, but they mm. were using it to stack up old program logs. Really? Yeah. yeah. Ah, and boy. they just vacated it, and they moved to the new CBS building at uh, the uh, CBS, let's see, in Studio City. There's Studio Complex there. They built a brand new building, and they moved channels two, not, channels 2 and 9 there, and they moved the two radio stations, KFWB and KNX, to another building on the Miracle Mile. So they celebrate. They separated TV from radio now down there. And, you know, wouldn't you agree that everything like that goes through, there's three phases. There's a phase, like you say, Jack Benny, with The Tonight Show, with phase when it's popular and everybody's into it. And then there's a, then there's a, a phase of about 15 years where it's not old enough to be classic, but it's old enough that nobody cares about it. And that's the era when you really have to be careful because that's when stuff all gets thrown away. Yep. Uh, and, again, I was just saying that. I keep going back to The Tonight Show where Carson flat out bought all of his old shows at one point. And put them, and they're literally like in an air-conditioned, climate-controlled vault underneath the Colorado Rockies. Like, it's in a solid granite vault underground. And Carson did all that because he realized to his horror one day that some idiot at NBC in a cost-cutting move had just taken, like, five years' worth of The Tonight Show and just had thrown it out. Thrown it into a freaking dumpster. Yeah, we'll get rid of it. We need to, you know, we need this space to put, we need this space to put, like, Suddenly Susan episodes, you know, into storage. Mm -hmm. So, all right, let's do a couple of these calls here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, um, I was actually calling about squirrels. Yeah, so do you believe I have squirrels under my house? No, they're probably rats. Okay. But um, about, you, you were asking about squirrels, and it reminded me of something absolutely horrible that happened to me years and years ago. Okay. Um, I was with my girlfriend, and we were given the job by her dad to limb a tree out in the front of the yard. What does that mean, where you just go through and you take off all the limbs? I don't... Yeah, it's where you chop off the limbs before okay. you actually cut down the tree. Okay. And so I was up on a ladder, you know, cutting off some limbs with one of those, you know, saws on a pole thing, those things that eventually will kill you. Right. And there was a, there was an abandoned squirrel's nest up in the tree. And so I was like, well, you know, I'll just cut off the branches underneath it, and it'll just fall down. That kind of happened. What happened was as I cut down one of the main branches underneath it, the, the branch fell off. The bottom of the squirrel's nest fell out, and I was 
covered in earwigs. <laughs> I didn't expect wow, that to be the end of the story. I thought it was going to be squirrel poop. No, but I almost jumped off the ladder because I'm deathly afraid of earwigs. You know, the whole idea. I, I was told by a friend of mine, and also some professional told me that. You know, if you get an earwig in your ear, the reason why they're so dangerous is because they can't back out, so they burrow down farther. And oh, like, God. Well, yeah. okay. Covered in earwigs. Sarah just yeah. jammed her fingers into her ear. You know, that just puts the earwig in deeper, okay. Sarah. You don't okay. want to do that. All right. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you, my friend, but I'm glad that we could all laugh at it. Oh, yeah. I broke up with her real quick. <laughs> I like how she has to pay the price for the earwig drench. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you. You take it easy. By the way, there, by the way, out front People here, are jerk. I'm dumping you right now as he's covered in earwigs. Uh, they were doing that thing out front today where there was a PGE or whatever was out there trimming trees, and there was a woman up there that had that long, it looks like a scythe, but it's like it closes, and you pull the handle, it goes chunk. That thing freaks me out, man. Um, all right, we got another squirrel call. Something about Germany or dead chickens on the 405. Uh, Tim, your choice. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Is this uh, is this our friend Dante? This is. Hello, sir. What's up? Hello, Rick, Tim, Sarah, and Mupe. Hello. Uh, Hello. I wanted to let you know that uh, I'm driving up the 405 northbound, and there was a dead chicken just before the Everett exit. So you want to watch yourself as you're driving along there because there is a dead chicken in the roadway. Just one. Yep. How would there just be one dead chicken in the Wait, was the chicken trying to cross the road to get to the other side, and then it was killed and run over repeatedly? I don't think he made it, but uh, he probably fell off of a truck or something. And uh, it's just, it's all the carnage, man. The feathers everywhere. And, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> oh, the carnage. Okay, thank you. Thank. Well, I wasn't going to say, oh, the chicken-anity. I see, and I was actually looking for, oh, the foul-anity, you know, whatever. Yeah, I got nothing. All right. Yeah. Thank hey, you. I wanted to ask one more thing. Mm -hmm. Are we ever going to hear Tim Riley on meth? I just have to get an opening theme for it, but no, we'll try to do that. Maybe I'll put that together this weekend. That would be cool. Thank, Thank you. you very much. I, for I forgot all about that. Is that, is that something in demand? <laughs> yes. Tim Riley. Tim Riley on meth. Tim Riley on meth. What would that comprise? It would you, be you talking, talking about, about the, talking about the meth scourge of our city, Tim. And Do you think that we were just agreeing to to, to inject <laughs> you with methamphetamine? <laughs> no, no, it would be you doing meth-related stories. <laughs> Next week it's crack. <laughs> uh, then a slab. Uh, no, it would be. Well, you. I haven't said no. It would be. <laughs> you did say no. When will I be doing this? Uh, way meth. to take one for the team, though. Uh, no, this would be you doing meth-related stories. Tim Riley on meth. That's, I mean, okay, I've got to put that together this weekend. Um, so the thing with the chicken, doesn't it ever worry you? Okay, this might not have anything to do with it, but when you see animals in the back of pickup trucks, oh, like totally. dogs, dogs on the highway. Dogs. It's illegal in California. Uh, well, you know, I won't even ride behind somebody who has a dog. The main thing just, was just in the back You're just terrified that the dog's going to get pitched out of there at some I point. I saw that yeah. happen. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't want to hear about it that. It was awful. Oh, that's awful. And so yeah. every time I see him, like, people are like, dogs don't jump out of the back of the truck. I'm like, yeah, they do. I've well, seen it happen. And it's not just that, but, like, you never know when you're going to have to bang slam hard or slam on your brakes. Like how Richie's back window and his truck got broken out because he had a slam less brakes yeah. and his, like, four-wheeler four went through. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to, yeah, it's just irresponsible. Uh, here's Tim Riley. We'll do a couple more. We'll take a break. Okay. I'm wondering what I was going to do here. I don't know. Would you like time to think about it, Tim? No, I'm all set. You sure you don't want time? No. Okay. A Washington dentist staff is saddling up to meet gas costs. Now, when the gasoline hit $4, the staff of Dr. Keith Leonard's dental office figured it was time to pony up. 
Well, ten riders and two bicyclists met at the good doctor's home about four miles north of his office. Pony up. This is about 50 miles north of Seattle. We can't dictate how much oil companies charge, but today we're not buying instead. We're using one horsepower. The doctor said the ride was a way to encourage his patients to use alternative forms of transportation. Well, Miley Cyrus wants us to know it still hurts. Uh, she says she's still... <laughs> Daddy, it still hurts. <laughs> she says she's still recovering. The key is to relax. She's still recovering from her Vanity Fair photo session. I'm so embarrassed. Every career thing can be <laughs> Yeah, I said that like an hour ago. I know. I'm, I'm repeating it in yeah. my head. It's still just as messed up. On the plus side, the experience has made her more relatable. I don't think people will look at me any differently. Oh. Because... I've done stupid things, too, and she admits it still hurts every time I think about it. She says she's super blessed. The key is to breathe deeply. And she is a role model for young girls. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to make mistakes and do things that everyone's going to be happy with. There's no such thing as perfection, she says. She's really deep. She sure taught us all a lesson. <laughs> the 15-year-old who's about to shoot a uh, upcoming Hannah Montana movie in Nashville said she doesn't plan on playing that character forever. She wants something a little more adult at 15. I mean, I won't be Hannah Montana by the time I'm, say, 30. Let's hope that she is, just so we can laugh at it. I think she's going to be dead by then. Uh, but we've only only done two seasons so far, and I definitely want to work on that, hopefully for another two years. And what's next? Well, I've been talking to my people about some cool movies. But right now, I want to stay within my company and keep them happy and keep everything that we're doing successfully and focus on that. A 15-year-old should not be using the phrase, my people. Mm-hmm. I like to do everything that I do 120%, and unless I can focus hardcore on that, I don't want to do it yet. What does that mean? <laughs> and, I unless I do something 120%. You can't do something 120%. And unless I focus hardcore, I don't want to do it yet. Miley Cyrus, just just say Miley Cyrus focusing on hardcore. It hurts. <laughs> All right, let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. Oh, here's what we're going to do in the next half hour. We'll play Goth or Not uh, for tickets to see uh, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire at the Clark County Amphitheater tonight. We'll do some phone calls. We've got Squirrels, Germany, and this one says, I want to talk about you. I don't know about whom this person is speaking. Uh, also, we'll talk to Richie about his hooker menu. Oh, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, stuff from Vegas back there in the copying machine. Who's oh, really? Has he been printing out? A is serious he... thing. He's, he's taking his trip seriously. All right. Mm-hmm. Well... It looks like the love is gone between Madonna and her husband. Madonna told Guy Ritchie she wants a divorce after the couple agreed they had fallen out of love. They admitted to each other that their seven-year marriage was doomed because they simply drifted apart in different directions. Oh, wait, hold on. Can you can you hold on just one second, Tim? We need some kind of sad music. Can you? Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were going to be. They are both very calm. Madonna told Guy, I'm sorry. I want a divorce. And he agreed. <laughs> It's quite painless, but very sad. Last night, Guy was holed up alone in his country mansion, hoping against the odds that he can resume his doomed marriage to Madonna. <laughs> what are you reading from? You didn't believe the India paper, and you're reading that? Well, this is from The Sun. It's a world exclusive. <laughs> the but Sun is a bastion of journalistic integrity. He's a bit down in the dumps, and who can blame him? He's off to the country to get a bit of peace and quiet. Both parties now talk to divorce lawyers to ensure the breakup is orderly as possible. Without a prenuptial agreement, Guy could be looking at up to $100 million, part of Madge's 
$600 million fortune. Here's what they owe. A $15 million family townhouse in London and a 10-bedroom, $12 million property next door. Two Muse cottages, valued at $4 million apiece. Two properties used by the Kabbalah religious sect. A $7 million building in the West End used for headquarters and a $3 million five-story townhouse at Regent's Park. Then a $20 million Ashcom house, which is another estate with 1,200 acres. Then a $16 million 10-bedroom house in Beverly Hills. A $4 million duplex in New York that overlooks Manhattan Central Park. An adjoining apartment in the next block, also valued at $4 million. A fleet of cars. We could go on here for like several hours, but we're not. So, uh, apparently, uh, Madonna's Sticky and Sweet Tour, so far, grossed more than $70 million on 13 dates in Europe. Also, there are some U.S. sellouts. A spokesman for the star says, we have no comment. All right. Oh, I saw the worst photo ever of Madonna yesterday. It's and I and I understand it was an unfair photo. They'd done that sort of National Enquirer thing, yeah, where they caught her like yeah in some weird moment. I think they caught her while she was like flexing because you know she's very muscular lately. And they caught her sort of flexing, but she was flexing and she was making that unpleasant flex face where you're kind of going like, Arr! you know that uh, the that face and it was it was like the worst and i felt so bad for her because it was like on the same day that her divorce had been uh, announced or whatever and it was just like this awful photograph where she just looked like she was made out of gristle and hate uh all right should we take a break i suppose all right we'll take a break here we'll come back if you're on hold hang tight we'll do um phone calls around the corner hey these guys are coming to town actually faster pussycat um yeah, well, yeah, phone calls around the corner, goth or not, and we'll talk to Richie about his horse. Uh, later on, personal trainers, uh, Adrian and Christopher will be in the studio, plus Aaron Duran and the top five. Don't go anywhere. I don't care for all this light in the studio. Can't we just film the whole thing in night vision? Make it a lot easier. Call it a look. All right, well, whatever. Well, I think that's the problem. I think they mostly end up looking like night vision. I never did watch the snake videos because I was like, you know, here. With the snake like video. Total pansy. Well, okay, thanks. That wasn't really what I was asking about. Okay. Thanks so much, though. Jerk. Uh, no, I, were they too dark, though? Were the snake videos too dark? It, it seriously looked like it was night vision. All right, well. Oh, filmed at the Bunny Ranch. Well, well that's a different kind of snake, Tim. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's welcome out of the Rick Emerson show. Uh, oh, I guess is this me? Yeah, but I've yes. lost your. But I've lost your sound. I know we asked this I'll every play. week. Can we play something? Yes. You trying to make up for lost time there? No, I'm, I already won. Uh-huh. That's for future. You've only got to win like eighty of them to catch up with her, though. Uh, Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Hello, sir. I'm. Uh, hello. Are you hot? You're sweating. I. You I shaved your head. His bike here. I shaved my head and I ride my bike everywhere. Looks like so, a man roll on. <laughs> uh, you know how like if you leave it out it gets kind of sweaty. All right, so you rode the bike lawns. Good for you, and yep. you shaved your head. What now? What yeah. prompted the head shaving? Believe it or not, what prompted it is my wife and I were watching some mixed martial arts, and uh, they had a commercial for like a Gillette shave or something, and they're right. like, "You'll enjoy it so much, you'll keep going." And the guy walks out in the the living room all completely shorn. Right. So I looked at Jen and I said, "Why not?" I know I'm joking. So what do you think if I did that? <laughs> She's like, well, "I don't know. That'd be kind of cool." It didn't look bad. So I jumped in the shower a few hours later, and I was like, ah, screw it, I'm here. Now, how often do you have to, uh, to, to reshave that? To keep a good sheen, it, like every other day. Do you have to use some special I'm, oil or something on your head? Um, No, but people have warned me that I might get burned. But I don't burn easily to begin with. So I'm kind that was of like a like razor happens. burn or anything like that? No, I use this special kind of, because I hate regular shaving cream yeah. because I've got very sensitive skin. 
So I like that. It's like an, a gel that doesn't foam up. Um, I, I, I like this, it. I buy it from like this special men's I product. use this stuff called the Art of Shaving, uh, which you can get at Nordstrom. Uh, Nordstrom sells this Art of Shaving pre-shave oil. Yeah, which does it is, have the tea tree oil in it? Uh, That's the stuff I like a lot. It's this isn't tea tree. It's just uh, I, I don't actually know what's in it actually now that I now that I think about it. But it's uh, but it's like a pre-shave emollient. Uh, and that, could we could we sound more like women? Uh, it's a pre-shave emollient, <laughs> and then you shave, and then there's like a post-shave thing. You put no, no, no. Right. Is that the fancy stuff we went? And yes. Got? Yeah, I have really other nice. stuff because I'll get the the the, the bumps get, and the ingrown totally, hair. And I get like the, my, my like redness. And I've my, toyed with actually yeah. trying out this product that African American men will use, the powder or whatever that burns it off. But I've been told that's a bad choice. I want something that burns my hair off. I don't off. know how it works, but... There's the powder that burns your hair off? Well, I don't, I, I don't know exactly how it works, but if you go to, like, they quote the ethnic section of every... Why would they section, want something that burns their hair off? Oh, is that... Nah, anyone. No. no. I mean, th- is that what you're talking about? Literally, like, one of those things, like, women use? Like, I don't a, know. Like a, uh... I don't honestly know how it works, but it says, you know, if you've experienced burning, remove instantly. Oh, no, no, no. I think... Well, we're treading into weird territory here because I don't really know that I can speak for for the black man and his hair his, his hairstyle choices. But are you referring to um, isn't there because stuff that um, what is no that no not it's bad. not that that's different. Have we tried that on this program before? Clyde, you put it on his back. Oh. Oh no, that's something different. But isn't there? And I don't believe this is strictly for the black consumer, but I believe for uh, anyone who has. Hair that what that it, like if you're if you're getting a hair and you're trying to str- make it straighter, right? No, no, not Doesn't hair straightening. Burn? This, no, this is actually re- removes the hair, and it's for it, they call it for like coarse or very because I've got really thick coarse hair. Let's talk all about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, right. it's hair talk for men. No, I, I you know were you with us that time that we were uh, we were at the mall. And Jolie was talking to the woman at the makeup uh, kiosk, but Jolie did not realize it was a makeup kiosk for today's fashionable black woman. Oh, the, yeah, the and Jolie's like the one of the whitest people yeah. on earth. Oh yeah, I was and so she Jolie. didn't. Yeah, she didn't really. And it was called like mahogany brand makeup or yeah. whatever. And it was, again for, for a black woman. And so there's, but there's the woman who. The woman behind the counter, and Jolie's like, so I'm looking for something maybe just for around the eye. And the woman, the woman who was selling the makeup, it was so uncomfortable. Because it was like Sarah and I and the makeup selling woman. So she had like reverse guilt, like what do I do? Totally, it was like like so the woman selling the makeup, and then Sarah and I all kind of knew, like Jolie, you're you're at the wrong kiosk, and then, <laughs> but it was this is you know I remember that because it was like Ebony Princess this isn't makeup for your line. shade, uh, and but like no one really knew how to break the news to her, no one knew how to go like Jolie, look over here. I did when I was in high school because to maintain my mullet so it wouldn't go all wavy and ugly. <laughs> to maintain my mullet. <laughs> Hold on, no, no, no! I gotta go home and maintain my mullet. It's well, gonna no, take me all I night. Had two choices: I could either a wake up two hours early and use the blow dryer on my hair just for hours and hours to to straighten my hair, or I just started to use the uh, the hair straightener product that African American women use, and that worked too sweet. Okay, <laughs> and it allowed me to sleep in and maintain the mullet. Moving on. <laughs> uh, all right, so we here's what we have to do today. We have uh, your top five. Yes, my top five. Uh, we have some personal trainers who are going to be coming into the studio. Uh, Thank you for springing that one. Yes. <laughs> personal trainers. Uh, the personal trainers. Uh, well, Adrian Middleton, who is she is, I, I guess, this, this sort of the main person we're going to be talking to. She is also she's a personal trainer at Twenty Four Hour Fitness downtown, and along with her partner Christopher Chapman, uh, they also do like a fitness boot camp. Uh, they do a thing, uh, Fitness Works, which is a, a boot camp style uh, workout program that takes place throughout the week in various settings around town. 
so they're going to come in later on and find out exactly um, how much of a lard ass I really am. That sounds kind of cool. And Do we so, have this many lights? Well, here's the thing. And so, I love you, Matt. The Thanks. snake videos that we filmed earlier, I guess they were really dark because the studio is not that brightly lit. This must be like being back at Coin. And so there yeah, are all these exactly. lights being strung up in the studio, so as they're putting a fat caliper on my big ass or whatever, they can, we, everybody can see my, my shame. So these are things just for, like, today. They're not every day, right? No, no, no. This is, just I think, I think if we're going to be doing any sort of lengthy filming. I am okay with that. Yeah, so no, no. This is, these are temporary lights. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, there's like 30 bucks. So in the future, whenever there's lengthy filming, I think this is the, we will be using these lights. Long like Gone with the Wind. Yes. What? No, nothing. Look over there. Uh, all right, so Sarah, you tell me. We got to do a pair of uh, tickets. We got to do Goth or Not. We got to do Aaron's Top Five, and then Personal Trainers, and then some news with Tim. Okay, when are the Personal Trainers coming in? Uh, next right hour. Now? I don't know, like probably 15, 20 minutes. So maybe we should do Let's some do news. news with Tim. Let me do this. Um, Richie? We have a guy trainer coming? Yes. Richie, yeah. I wouldn't told there'd be a dude. He's uh, all bummed out now. <laughs> okay, Richie Bristol. Yeah. Hey, uh, here's what we're going to do. I apologize to these people on hold. Oh. What we're going to do is we are going to uh, we're going to do solicit for goth or not, though, Richie. Uh-huh. So right now, would you go through and speak to these folks on hold? Let them know that we thank them for calling in. If they want to give us a call back later in the program, we'll talk to them. Right now, we're going to solicit for goth or not, which we'll do on the other side for Earth, Wind, and Fire tickets and a WWE prize pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, though, let us now go to Tim Ryan. And now, Tim Ryan. Tim Riley. From the Ministry of Truth, Tim Ryan this is Tim oh. Riley. I hope my brain isn't even working. Here's Tim Riley. Sorry about that. Well, the number of people trying to get their bikes on the max has skyrocketed, and that's a bad thing. Because the problem is, these trains are limited to only having like a couple bikes. So this week at the 185th station in Beaverton, TriMet Security kicked cyclists off. They wouldn't let any more board unless they had empty bike hangers. TriMet said it's a matter of safety, but cyclists say they're frustrated by the crackdown and the lack of bike space, which is true. And bikes are big. And well, again, stand up. Well, you know, I, we do pay fair when we get on with said bikes. And you know what also sucks? You ever do this? You ever like it's raining or it's you're late or something, and so you're waiting for the bus with your bike, and then the bus finally comes along, and both of those slots on the front mm-hmm. are taken. I know and there's only two on a bus. The yeah. worst, the worst thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's what happened. All right. Oh, listen to this: an undercover cop has uh, found some guy who stole some ven- venomous snakes and also some assault rifles. This happened in California. Uh, he stole them from the store he was working at, Prehistoric Pets. And apparently police went to his house and found a Gila monster, two false <laughs> water cobras, two non-tropical rattlesnakes, three bearded lizards, two serpent cobras. And a partridge in a pear tree? Oh, I was going to that. <laughs> and 11 piranha, copperhead snake, two carpet pythons. Hmm. Uh, an albino red-tailed boa constrictor, two red-tailed boas, five ball pythons, and two monitor lizards. Also, three unregistered AR-15 assault rifles, <laughs> along with magazines and ammunition. It's the best house ever. I've got an image of him strapping to the Gila monster and go on my pets, attack. Seriously, he's like, he's the world. Like that script for Jurassic Park 4, where oh, they're, yeah. where they're training, guns on raptors. training the dinosaurs to attack Iraqis. He's going to be awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Well, here's a little problem here. A jetliner lands on the run- runway at LAX. The Federal Aviation Administration said a Japanese plane... Well, it kind of landed on the short runway. Uh, the pilot was directed to a taxiway that was too short to handle the massive aircraft, causing part of the plane to protrude five feet into a safety zone. This is at LAX? Yeah, luckily nobody was here. It sounds like their safety measures are a little lax. I suppose that's true. They're lax. 
Yeah. Matt laughed. Thank you, Matt. That was a courtesy <laughs> laugh. Yeah. No, I just like the fact that you were beating on the microphone. With I thought maybe they hear me in the back. I thought maybe they were on the wrong one, Ray, because <laughs> they're used to driving on the left side of the road in Japan, so they just wrong runway. Well, this uh, gal named Minnie Me <laughs> is uh, suing a website or a video. What's her name? Minnie Me. Minnie oh. Tim Riley. Oh, Minnie Him, I guess. His name is Burn. Hey, Burn. Uh, apparently, this uh, website shows a video of him having sex with a model. Gross. A model what? I was just going to say <laughs> model airplane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this star, or starlet, uh, stands two feet, eight inches tall. He has filed a $20 million lawsuit. <laughs> Sarah's doing the thing with her hands, of, like putting her hands and trying that's to figure out how tall. That's smaller than I thought he was. Well, two eight. That's uh, one. What, two, what's something four? about? So it's like that big. Are you talking about his height? Yeah. Okay. Yes. As opposed to what? 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 I, I don't know. Uh, the tape was stolen, and his hands ended up in the wrong hands of some film producer who distributed a notorious sex tape of Hotel uh, Harris. Paris well, Hilton. this is eleven inches, Sarah. Well, that's the legal <laughs> pad that I'm holding. In my hand. <laughs> I think I. 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 I, I, I smell a lawsuit. <laughs> Retards. <laughs> this legal path. It, 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 should be, it should be noted that she wasn't impressed. <laughs> That's only in the metrics. It's all yellow and covered with lines. Oh, God. Actually, right. about two and a half feet is if you were to take, I think, Muppet and stand him up. If you were like, to hold his front paws and I mean, put him on his hind paws. You know what? Look, okay. midgets deserve love, too. I mean, honestly. But, I mean, it's just, no. who wants to, it's not just I that he's like a midget. leaks a midget, like, I'm sorry, a mini-me porn. And there, and Nobody it, wants to see that. And it's not just that he's a midget. If you saw, like, any of the recent photographs, he's just kind of a sleazy-looking guy in general. Like, he's all, like, blinged out and whatever. And it's like, dude, he's you know. He's icky. He seems just like an icky person. Yeah, he really does. Uh, well, we. Um, I was going to say. Yeah, I, wasn't, I remember him on the um, on the surreal life when he got drunk and like peed in a corner and he we, was always having oh, issues. The guy was running around with a clock tied around his neck. Yeah. We know someone who uh, who peed in the corner. Well, that too. <laughs> that too. Well, yeah. never mind. I should I shouldn't say it. Well, we know, with Minnie me. No, no. Well, we know someone who was at an event, uh, a radio event with with him with Vern Troyer. Okay, and, uh, yes, you can totally tell us, because I have no idea who it did not, I'll just say, did not come away with a positive impression. I'll yeah. put it that Why way. Why was that? Uh, just uh, apparently um, found uh, his personality to be a little uh, little challenging. Let's Small body, big ego kind I of thing? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm just saying we know someone who did a radio event at which Vern Troyer was present and did not come away feeling bullish about Vern Troyer. All right, let's do one more, and then we'll play Goth or Not, then we'll break. Clay Aiken is speaking out on behalf of the starving children of Somalia. Uh, the singer is in the African nation. How did he get there? He is a UNICEF... I think he clicked his heels together. <laughs> he is a uh, UNICEF goodwill ambassador and said the American population kind of got a bad taste of Somalia in the early 90s when they were dragging the bodies of American troops uh, down the road. <laughs> that would give you a bad... Imp- yeah. That would give you maybe a since bad we, sense of a since country. Since then, we don't have that much interest. No. He called on the U.S. to forget about it and concentrate on the starving... People of uh, what country? Somalia, who are busy killing themselves. Last year, he traveled to Afghanistan too. Don't ask me what was accomplished there. And he's been working with UNICEF since 2004. Okay. Uh, who wants to play goth or not? Excellent. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. How's it going, bud? Hello, sir. Are you ready to play goth or not? Uh, at at stake here. You have a pair of tickets to see Earth, Wind, and Fire tonight, as well as a WWE Night of the Champions prize pack. Right on, dude. All right, Aaron Duran. 
Yes. You're going to read some gothic poetry. Sweet. I love this bit, All right. by the way. Uh, so uh, Tim Riley will return next hour. It reminds uh, me of high school. Okay. Sarah is going to uh, tell you off mic whether you are reading a real poem or a fake poem. In other words, one that's found online or one that I myself wrote. Uh, we will then uh, read it to the caller, uh, and then, sir, you will have to guess whether or not it's real or whether I wrote it. All right. All right. Sarah, what uh, should Aaron read, real or fake? Okay. So, uh, there are your poems to choose from. So you can, uh, I'll give you a second to look through those. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. All right, sir. The next sound you hear will be that of Aaron Duran reading gothic poetry. At the end of the poem, you must deduce whether this is a poem I wrote or whether I found it on the Internet. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. All right, play goth or not. And thus I learn I'm nothing. A moment in a dream, a week of torment, is revealed in an instant, and I am nothing. Once I had, and then I lost again and again, over and over, and I am nothing. There is pain. My soul is decompressing more and more pain. My soul of ash and charcoal, and I am nothing. Each time harder to bear... Each time closer to death, each time I weep, each time is the worst and I am nothing. I care too easily. I want to care. I need to care. My care is destroyed and I am nothing. All right, sir. Is that a real poem for the Internet or did I write that? That is brilliant, Rick. I think you wrote it. No, Sherrod, you are. That is a real poem uh, by some guy online. Oh, all right. Sorry, my friend. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. All right. We'll do one more here. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? This is Daryl. All right, Daryl. All right, sir, you're going to play Goth or Not for a pair of tickets to see Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, as well as uh, a WWE prize pack from Night of the Champions. Are you ready, sir? I am ready. All right, Sarah, tell Aaron whether to read a real poem or a fake poem. All right. Uh, that's uh, this stack here. All right. Are you ready? All right, sir. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Aaron Duran, have you selected a poem? I have, sir. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My whole life is one dark room. <laughs> if pain was gold and wealth, I'd lie. My heart's so cold, it aches, I cry. If life was air in you, I'd breathe. If life was fair, you'd never leave. Down sorrow's path my soul has crept. A lonely half in rains I've wept. Wow. All right, sir, is that a real poem on the Internet, or did I write that? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I will say that uh, Ricky wrote that. No, twice <laughs> in a row we school the audience. Well oh. done. All right. No, 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 I'm afraid that is a real poem from the Internet, sir. All right. Oh. Well, thank you for trying. All right. Well, we'll take a break here. We'll try to do that again next hour. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back after this. Uh, we will have personal trainer Adrian in the studio along with Christopher. Uh, they'll answer the magical question, how lard-like is Rick Emerson? Uh, plus uh, Aaron Duran's top five prom songs. Yes. Uh, slow dance prom songs. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Junior or senior prom? Senior. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what were the kids dancing to in Susanville? We'll find out. Uh, plus more from Tim Riley. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. I'm Dave Stern, who's head like Max ate his lunch. I eat your lunch. Rip. 
Who just said that? Me. All right. <laughs> Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, a show run by children. It's 503-733-2970. Aaron Geek in the city. Duran here coming up later on. Uh, more of news with Tim Riley, and uh, we'll do the top five. Uh, Aaron's top five prom slow dance uh, songs. So what year would this have been? 1994. Oh, I'm old. All right. Uh, all right, let's uh, now... Hold on a second. Let me make sure that I have... Let me make sure that I get get all names, websites, and everything correct. Let's now welcome to the uh, Rick Emerson Show, uh, Adrian Middleton and Christopher Chapman, if I got that correct. All right. Is, I'm sorry. Is that, uh, what I'll have to have if you get right up on that microphone there. Uh, is that... It's on. Is it on? Let's hear it. Let's... All right, yeah, you'll need to. I'm, you'll, yeah, you'll need to really get right up, kind of like how, kind of like how we are here. That is correct. There we go. Okay, yeah, it's um, yeah, that microphone. Not, it's, is three working? Like we could, let's, we could give that let's a shot. Try this microphone. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you let's try that. We're really organized here. There we go. How's that? All right, much all right. better. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for coming in. And so um. It's been a sort of a long, ongoing, uh, just is, is self-loathing um, experience on this program where uh, I try to like eat well or diet or exercise, and then I do none of those things. And then Sarah has to sit and hear me convince about how out of shape I am and how I believe myself to be a uh, thin, fat person. Because I'm under no, I mean, I'm not a big guy. I mean, I sort of know that. But I think what you do see of me is all just flab. Also, I'm sucking my gut in right now. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> not, not very well. <laughs> It is noting. It's worth noting. Actually, my gut is now so large that even when I suck in, there's a little bit of a spongy. I'm a, I'm about three months pregnant. Uh, kind of book. <laughs> so here's what I'm gonna. I'm gonna read you an email uh, that somebody else sent in, and it, it, he. We had been talking about how we were gonna have you know you on the show, mm-hmm. and um, and so he actually sent me this email, which sums up my thing perfectly. Says, I don't know if I'll be able to listen tomorrow, but I had a question uh, for the folks who were gonna be measuring your beefiness. Says, I am a bit like you physically, says this person. I'm skinny fat. I'm 6'3 and I weigh 185. My arms and legs are nothing but bones and skin. I've had children call me chicken legs and then laugh at me. That was fun. However, I do have a pot belly. Whenever I gain weight, it goes straight to my gut, and when I lose weight, it comes from my arms and legs. So while I'm not overweight by any means, I am disproportional and unsettling to look at. Is there any way to disperse the weight that I gain and lose? I know I can't shake all my fat around like a lumpy feather comforter to make it all even, but I'm not sure what I can do about how my body works. The easiest fix with, and this is really where he speaks for all of us, the easiest fix with minimal effort would be greatly appreciated. Signed, Anonymous, Todd the Corpse. So, um, so that's my thing too. Is it that I'm not a big guy? But here's where I, well, here's what I got. I got the gut right here, like the big sponge gut going on, and then I can tell. Like sometimes you can sort of see, you can sort of see a little bit in the future. Like if you let yourself go a little bit, I'd be getting that double chin pretty easily <laughs> if I if I let myself go much further. I am also unbelievably lazy. Mm. So. Fix me. Well, I think, um, first of all, your gut is not as big as you're claiming it is, but uh, it is important to look at <laughs> what they call visceral fat, which is something that we're paying more and more attention to at, um, as fitness professionals because ten- the tendency is that folks that gain their weight mostly around their stomach tend to have a higher chance of suffering from heart disease well, later. So it's really important that, that, you, that especially that um, listener, pays attention to looking at his diet. Hear that, Todd? To I'm going to dance the, on your grave. Starting to do some of those, um, starting to get moving so that he does start to see that fat go away. Um, unfortunately, there isn't, we don't get to decide where we lose fat first. That's pretty much genetically disposed. We typically start to lose fat 
the last place that we gained it. And we and we often have stubborn spots, so we'll have like a lot of. Does this mean have... I have to lose fat every <laughs> everywhere else on my body before oh, it finally leaves? I'm... Yeah. Do you think there's a button on your body just... you can push lose belly? No, but I'm but like I'm... an ice cream scoop. Like, but I'm saying. Rid of that. It, but, but, but I mean, does it really have to vanish everywhere else before I before I like lose the gut? Um, unless you wanted to get liposuction, then usually you. I mean, really? that's the only type of uh, fat. Spot reduction that, that I make fun works. of people who get liposuction, but I mean, really, honestly, there's something just so appealing about the idea that it's like I walk <laughs> in, it out. walk in fat, and I come out thin. Uh, so, all right, well, okay, so you, now, I don't understand how fat measurement caliper things. I don't understand well, how that works. Yeah, well, what we have are just some basic plastic pinchers here that give you, um, basically, give you a reading that may or may not be much more accurate than the scale that you guys already have. But what you can do with that is then you get a baseline. And from there, you can start to quantify results. So ideally, you have someone who's who's checking your body fat on a regularly regular on a regular basis so that um, the next time I see you uh, and we checked it again, you would be maybe one to two percent lower or even half so what, lower. What, what, so what should my body fat be? I will almost certainly be above that number. But Well, we have you at, um, so you, we just checked your, your BMI. They have their BMI right. charts that you can check online. Um, and for 185 pounds, is that right? Susan gave us your weight. 188. Okay, well, we can we can go ahead <laughs> with that. Shut up! <laughs> I went on vacation. Hey, you're, you're technically thinner than me. Yeah. I, mean, I can't. So is that that is that it right there? Yeah. So I'm 35 and I weigh 188. Are those the readings from the last time we did the scale? Those are the readings from my home scale like two days ago. This is just a BMI chart that we found online and it it, it has you at 25.9. All right. Yeah. So you are overweight. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks for having Christopher. I appreciate that little card. Just give me a paper cut. Pour lemon juice in it. Actually, um, you're you're right at marginal. So I've been told that for most of my life. marginal. And, you know, instead of using words like obese, it's kind of nice to use words like high risk is the way I like to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> much, that's much we better. We have such a strange, yeah. I mean, obese kind of gives you this image all of a sudden. Well, Rick's biggest fear is having a heart attack. Where, I mean, if this where is, is high, <laughs> Obese gives you a bad image, whereas high, where the well, other one just makes it seem like I'm about to keel over. Right. Well, it's important to, I mean, this is something, it's important that you're getting started on this now because it really is habitual actions over the period of, can I tell you this? period of time. No lie. Uh, and we had a whole thing about this the other day because I'm kind of mental. So uh, with my the thing is, I'm kind of crazy. The thing about me is I'm nuts. Uh, but I do live. I live in fear of heart attack. Mm. I really do. Can I? And I don't mean to. See, so maybe that's going to be the motivation that you've been lacking because maybe. Mm-hmm. yeah, because you do have such a. Fear I don't mean to turn you into my shrink, but really, I will lay in bed at night sometimes, and I will I will work myself into a panic frenzy, mm-hmm. uh, just about fear of future heart attack. Well, that's actually increasing your risk of heart attack because it's stressing you out. So you need to (laughs) maybe take some deep breaths when you're laying there in bed. It's like some mental cardiac Escher painting. deep breaths. Yeah, because stress is another really important factor that um, leads toward heart disease. Let's find out how fat I am. So we're going to go ahead and do um, four pinches on you. So should I come around over over there? Nothing nothing I like more than having my fat pinched on the air. All right, so where's Yes, but it's from a gorgeous woman, so it's a little easier to That do. is true, so, all right. So, uh, you guys are both so muscly and pretty. Seriously, I, I feel, however Thank out you. of shape I may have felt earlier, it really, standing next to you guys, I just feel like that Mr. Creosote guy from Monty Python's Meaning of Life. So, all right. So, we're going to do four four pinches. So, I'll do right. your bicep, your tricep, subscap, Sipper, yeah. and iliac crest. Okay. Okay? So, I will have to have, I will have to 
have you lift can your shirt you, eventually. Oh, oh that's great. Do well, I get to, I have to take my shirt off? You you know, you may as well. That would be easier. Oh, God. Oh, you, you shut up. All right. Let's all take our shirts off. Now. Let's all <laughs> let's all take our shirts off. Wait, does Aaron have to take his shirt off, too? Uh, yeah, I think so. Ha-ha! <laughs> Owned. Dying of fire. So I'm... Okay. All right. So are, you, are you glad that you passed on this, by the way? <laughs> all right, I'm not... God. Uh, really? You don't have to. I can. We can just lift no, your shirt no, if you well, want. Well, here's the thing. Sarah... Here's the thing. Oh, God. I will let you decide if Aaron and I take our shirts off or if we just lift. I'll, I'll put it I on you. To, I want Aaron to feel comfortable, so whatever Aaron wants to. Aaron? I don't, I don't care about you. Aaron, we can do... For we can let the audience choose, I suppose. For Aaron, we can do two... Aaron would shower in his clothes if he could, so just saying. We can do two... We can, I'm going to do diff, a different... Um, oh, why does Aaron get a different, different measure? Because she has to use the, the extra fatty version. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> we're going to do... Aaron Duran show, Rick, Rick Emerson show. We're going to do right. bicep and tricep for... All right, or actually, Sarah, tricep all right, and subcap. Fine. You tell me. Do I take my shirt off or not? Yes. Oh, God, I hate you. I there hate are you guys. all these lights in here. We've prepared this to be filmed. You know, could I, you know I'm going to look so unbelievably pasty. <laughs> Maybe this is what you need. Maybe this is Rocky your shock to get Rocky you know, back on that bike. All right. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, did you really just do that? Go, Rick! <laughs> That's Rochelle. And Rochelle's coming out. Ugh. Wait, hold on. Let me... All right. I Are you wearing, th- like, a wife beater underneath? I was just going to say, do I, do I have any awkward tattoos I've forgotten about? All right. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Hi. There it is. All right. Oh, wow, you're jigglier than I what thought you What you shut up about me? Oh, God damn it. I hate all of you. Rick, I love that you don't have any shame. That's my favorite thing about you. Yeah. All right. Just okay, okay, let's... Get jiggle for the camera. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm working for the weekend. <laughs> oh, I hate you all. Okay, okay. so we're going to do your bicep. First, if you could turn toward me just a little yeah, bit. All right. We're going to go halfway between. You can just relax your arm. Yes. Yeah. Nothing's more relaxing than standing uh, stripped to the waist in a... <laughs> you guys. Not you guys. My hatred is just confined to Richie right now. Tricep. Ooh, it's coming in. Oh, well... Hi. <laughs> All right. That's great. And if you move just a little closer to the mic. Okay. Yeah, let me just... Yeah, that's great. That's one. Just a little bit so I can... Uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and relax your arm down. It's quit shooting my ass. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and relax. Just relax your arm. Good. Do you feel like you have the doctor? Yes. <laughs> Is this when do I turn my head and talk? Sarah, you should do narrating. You maybe should do narrating because I can't even see what's going on. Okay, well, there's a big white pinchy thing, and she pinched the front. It's the front of his arm, the back of his arm. Now she's doing the back. Back and now the front. Right. So we did we did bicep, we did tricep, we did subcap, and now we're going to do iliac crest. So this is the this is. So now she's doing the the love handle. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Right. Wow, it's like it's growing. What? Because <laughs> you keep forgetting to like suck in, and so all of a sudden you'll let it breathe. I'm not wearing black either, which is... needs to get your front there. All right, that's great. I'm not wearing my slimming black either. <laughs> oh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> she's this is the most <laughs> embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. So now she's pinching the love handle, like, you know, little oh, right on the side. Seriously. Oh, she giggle. Yeah, we're hilarious. Okay, yeah, so we need right, to um, we need to add these up real quick. Can here. I please put my shirt on? Yeah. Am I done? Yes, yes you you're are. done. You can put your the shirt. Love on. of holy. All right. Ow. Did you guys work you together great. as a team? Yes, we do. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, Richie. How okay. Over there? So I'm gonna look on our. We have a kind of just a flow chart here for for um, all four locations. Boot camp, Am I what? Have you done a boot camp? No, no. shot. No. Interested in trying it sometime or? I don't know what it is. 
It's it's uh, a lot of different things. It's uh, muscle, cardio, and flexibility training all in one. We do we keep you moving. We keep running. We keep we jump over obstacles. We do everything different yeah. each day. It's it's uh, it's an hour of intense uh, working out. Great, it's a lot you of know, fun. That's a lot of fun. Can yeah, I it's a this? very dynamic workout. By the way, having just taken my shirt off here in the studio and having my love handle flab <laughs> pinched with a big measuring thing, I have two warring impulses. One, of course, is to never eat again, and then the other is just to go uh, like drown to my sorrow, my sorrows in fat. All right. So well, you did great, and I think you you're did. gonna. I think you you're gonna be well, happy right. with. Um, yeah, I'm, with I'm the feeling. Results. I'm <laughs> feeling really happy. I'll be even happier when everybody gets to see this online later. That's gonna be the happiest moment of my life. A little bit magical. Well, I had you as lower um, than the BMR ch- BMI ah! chart, so I got to Aaron. about 23.8, wow. which puts you puts you into good. Yeah. So wait, so, no, but how can it exciting. be? I think I speak for a lot of uh, freakishly neurotic people when I say, how can it be good when I've got like a big gut? Well, the idea is if you feel like your um, your eating patterns are going to increase your fat yes. on your body, then what you need to do is kind of intervene at this point and start looking at your calories, start making sure you're, you're moving every day. Basically, <laughs> we have... Because um, you really That's don't That's how move. low the bar is set for me. You need to start moving. You, get in your, yeah. you wake up, you get in your car, you drive to work, you walk to your office, you sit up there, you come down here, you sit, you go back up, you I sit, walk you to the vending machine sometimes, right. too. Let's not forget And then you that. walk back into and your it's, house. Yeah, and it's really, it's actually, it's really frightening because the average woman gains weight at 1,800 calories a day, and I don't know if... If any of you guys know exactly you how many calories you mean, if you eat, you mean if, if you eat take in is, that many? She's eating yeah. 1,800 calories a day and gaining weight on that. And the reason is is that our society has become so sedentary that, um, I mean, it's just ridiculous, you know, and we've got record levels of obesity. More and more kids are becoming obese. And um, bottom line is all we need to be doing is moving at least 30 minutes a day. Right. 75% of the population is not doing that. All right, so let me, so let me ask you this. So, and, then we'll, and then we'll do Aaron here in a second. So, the, so... Uh, I mean, it sounds like a dumb question. So, so what, what do I what do I do to be to be less flabby? Is it is it more exercise or is it more diet or is it or do you have to do both? It's a combination of both. You're going to want to look at both um, both what you're eating and and how much you're moving. Uh, ideally, we would get you doing some sort of cardiovascular exercise for at least 30 minutes every day, and then a couple if not three times per week, doing some muscle conditioning as well. All right. And then you guys actually, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in a while. You guys uh, do, um, I know you do training at 24-Hour Fitness? Yeah. Um, I'm a fitness instructor A there, fitness instructor? But I'm not a trainer. Okay. Though. A fitness instructor. And then you guys do this fitness boot camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, too. And while we're talking about it, do you guys have a website? Yes, we do. We do. What is dash work? Fitness-works.org. Mm-hmm. Fitness-works.org. Uh, All right, yeah. so uh, let's uh, let's do the measuring on Aaron here, and then we'll then we'll take a break, and we'll kind of wrap it up on the other side All right, here. So we're gonna do we're gonna go with um, Richie. When are these gonna be posted online? Just so I know when I can stop answering my phone before the end of the show. Right? That's great. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if you've ever wanted to see, you know how quickly Richie works. Like Emerson's love handles. Uh, you know. <laughs> yes. If any of you ladies have fantasy, that BMI wasn't bad. Oh, all right. By the way, by the way, Todd, who emailed in the fi- the fitness question, says, "Rick, I ended up being able to listen to the nutritious segment. Ironically, I was smoking at the time." So, all right. So we are now. So, Aaron, I get to leave my shirt on. You know, it's because I'm repulsed by my own body. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I. You know what? You know, you know positive self image is job one, Aaron. Well, you're on your way. I mean, you've been. I'm on my way. Ride so. your bike every day. Yeah. Yes, I do. That's your bike. Yes, I have. Excellent. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, yeah, and Aaron tries a lot harder than Rick does. Rick doesn't. Well. Aaron well, because, of, Rick doesn't. because of Aaron looks at food, he puts on weight. So, uh, so uh, let's see. So she's lifting up Aaron's sleeve. 
and sticking this fat caliber thing, which really does look like... It looks like one of those, like, fake claw hands that you'd buy as a kid at the supermarket. Totally. Yeah. That would let you pick up stuff that was two feet away. That's exactly what it looks like. Totally what it looks like. And, but it's, like, shorter. And so she's... And what was she just doing there? Your back? Your back Tricep. fat? Tricep. Yeah. Now it's back fat time. Let's just call it in terms of fat. Arm fat? Back fat? What kind of fat are we doing now? Back fat. Still more? <laughs> see, I'm glad I got you doing it. Oh, All right. look at your website. My friend Pasha took your oh, picture. Sorry. Back I fat. I did see that, actually. Yeah, this um, cool. this right here, this article has a Pasha Productions picture. Very cool. Um, all right, so, uh, okay, this is... Pinching the back fat. Don't ever do that. Ah... <laughs> uh. All right. Almost there. Yeah. It takes a long time. No, 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 really. The numbers have to... <laughs> they, they have to take, the number's seven digits long. Stay on target. <laughs> all right. Uh, are we done with all of Aaron's fat? That can't possibly be true. All right. Doesn't well. take much. <laughs> all right. You just look and say, there it is. And what age are you? 32. All right. 32. So we are looking at a graph now to determine exactly... Uh, so mine was what? 23-something? 23.9. Now, what should it have been? What is the that, ideal? That, that's right. That's that's well between between you know uh, fifteen and twenty five. Okay, so I'm at the high end of normal though. So like with any with just if I let myself go for even a day, clearly I'm going to be normal. I'm going to become a big sponge. Yeah. Yeah. All right, okay. she keeps going down the chart on mine. <laughs> Seriously, she's. I'm kind of nervous. I keep looking at the wrong number. No, it's like a it's like a Playboy. She's having like fold out page after page after page to find Aaron's number. <laughs> I'm getting there though. If you're nervous, you don't even know how nervous we were for you guys to come in here. You walk in looking like golden gods, and we're all oh, like, seriously, we're you're the easy mac. Really, I mean, you guys ought to be bronzed and put like on a statue somewhere. I mean, you really they look like they should be strapping machines against him and killing xenomorphs on yeah. LB-426. Excellent, Whoa. exactly. <laughs> All right, so Aaron... I had you at about 35. What did you... What was the scale that... Uh, not, I've never used that scale, but I've used okay. things online that say, like, in the low 40s. So yeah, what okay. should he have been? Woo-hoo. Getting better. Uh, I, you know, what what we, didn't determine, we didn't determine his. There's a little ratio. There's a little thing you can do online that right. you fill in the numbers on the bottom. Would you say so, that Aaron yeah. is... Uh, would you say that Aaron is, is A, in bad shape, B, in terrible shape, C in the worst yeah. shape you've ever seen. Well, as far as his cardiovascular endurance, his muscular strength, I couldn't. I don't know that. But as far as um, as What's that percentage, it, that would be high risk. Yeah, I'm so if you want to bring that, definitely want to. If I were you, I would down. just carry one of those defibrillating um, things around with you. All we could time. race and see who's got the better cardio right now. <laughs> you know, I would lose. <laughs> That'd be the next right. thing. <laughs> Treadmill contest. Okay. This is what I do, by the way. You can see why I project my own self-loathing onto everyone around me. All right, we should uh, take a break here in a second. Uh, we'll come back and we'll kind of uh, do some notes on the other side about how not to die young. Uh, then news headlines with Tim Riley and Aaron's top five slow dance prom songs. All right, we were talking to Adrian Middleton and Christopher Chapman. Uh, the website is fitness-works.org. We'll be back here in just one moment. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Stay there. All right, there we go. And now the studio's pitch black again. Fantastic. All right, excellent. Uh, so you have to see the shameful video of my enormous belly uh, at 970.am, sooner rather than later, I would think. I don't feel so bad, actually. You kept your shirt on, you bastard. No, no. From my last physical to when they just checked me, mine's gone down. A lot. Talking to Adrian Middleton and Christopher Chapman. Uh, fitness-works.org is the website. Fitness-works.org. 
Dot org. All right, so as we sort of wrap this up then, so if I, like all Americans, want to know, what can I do easily uh, to become less flabtastic? Oh, there's so many little things you guys can do. You can, um, you know, you can take the stairs a little bit more. You can park a little bit further away from your destination as long as it's safe. Uh, you can buy some resistance tubing and have it around the house. Um, you don't have to think about doing your, you don't have to think about a workout being an hour long, 10 minutes here and there. It's going to make a big difference in your life. Um, you can you can get a trainer. You can join a gym. You can join a boot camp like ours. And it really is a lot of it is just accountability. If you sign up for something like this, you've got a few options to go to. You're expected to be there. You go. You get someone telling 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 you what to do. Um, and, a great workout, and you're done. So. And finally, bacon. Food of the gods or worst thing I could eat? I don't think bacon is bad. Everything in moderation um, is really my rule of thumb. I have a pretty... Uh, you were saying bacon is a low-calorie food. I don't even well, know that's it doesn't possible. Well, it doesn't have as many calories as people think. It's very high in fat, though, so it doesn't have a very... Nutri- it doesn't pack much nutrition in it, but especially if you... Um, if it's crispy, it doesn't have as much... as many calories as you think. Again, all of the calories are coming from fat, which is not your, your healthiest choice, um, but... In moderation, sure. You All right. Take I guess it's just like Christmas yeah. for him, though. That he knows Seriously. This I love bacon. <laughs> no, here's, here's what you ought to do. Is a little idea. Here's what you ought to do. You ought to come up with some sort of baconometer uh, that allows you to measure someone's weight loss or weight gain or how many, or maybe this. Uh, you could do a baconometer in terms of like a food they eat. Like maybe if somebody says, look, I have a weakness for ice cream or I have mm-hmm. a weakness for avocados. You could do in terms of how many strips of bacon is that equivalent to. So if somebody says... I don't know. Well, I kind of slipped, and I, I had a hot fudge sundae, you know, banana split. And you go, do you realize that is 49 pieces of bacon? <laughs> I'm just saying. I know what guys respond to. That's so. a good idea. All right. Adrian Middleton, Christopher Chapman. The website is fitness-works.org. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Thank, Thank you. We appreciate right. it. Thank you. Yeah, good luck. All right. More from uh, Aaron Duran in one moment. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tim Riley. From the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. He may have been stabbed to death. Homicide detectives called to the 100 block of Southeast Stark Street this afternoon after a dead, a dead transient was found. The cleanup continues from yesterday's train derailment in Northeast. They might have found the cause of the accident that derailed 36 cars and two locomotives, but they're not telling anybody yet. So they're going to be closing down streets tonight. The work continues to move those rail cars and repair damaged tracks. Work will force the closure ramps from the I-84 West to the I-205 North and South tonight between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Adam Yach of the Beastie Boys is standing behind the film. Yach? Yoch? Yuck. Yuck. Adam Yach of the Beastie Boys is standing behind the film that addresses the growing privatization of the world's dwindling freshwater supply. According to the New York Post, the film entitled Flow blames the water crisis on Pepsi, Coca-Cola, and Nestle's. Whatever. <laughs> By the way, this email says, Rick, I hope you're ashamed of yourself having hot chicks pinch you under the hot bright lights and cameras with fat measuring forks. Good job, fatso. <laughs> All right, thanks so much. Uh, let's she see. was hot, too. She really was. They yeah. were both really, like, perfect. Yes, yeah. kind of freaky. They didn't look real. Uh, well, let's see. Um, uh, I think Tim's out of here. Uh, Tim, are you, we have the top five still to do. Oh, am I doing that? I printed yes, a special I page do. Just yes. Oh, you mean because oh. Aaron is here? Yes. Well, I mean, do you? Ha- I mean, if you have to go prepare news. No, I'll stay and do it. All right. Um, <laughs> real quickly, I know you've you've seen Wanted. Yes. I have split. The, I was telling Sarah about this. The review on Ain't It Cool makes me want to see it because it said the movie was actually socially irresponsible. I don't. 
I don't buy into that argument at all. I mean, I guess you could say then that V for Vendetta was socially irresponsible and the Matrix was socially irresponsible. The 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 underlying theme behind Wanted is is it moral and ethical to assassinate one person and save thousands? That that's it. And if you either agree with that or you don't. So, but I don't see how it sets society back on a moral level at all. So it's a big action film, right? I guess it's, just... it's a big action film that see I I know you and I have gone back and forth about you know, movies, you check your brain in the door. Right. Even this one went too far for me. Really? Because I can have fun at a big, dumb action comedy, whatever. The biggest problem I had with Wanted is that all the action, 90% of it happens in a computer. Yeah, Clearly. see, if it's all CGI crap. And I know, why... that, I know some of the gunshots they have to because the bullets curve and whatever. Sure. But even a lot of the hand-to-hand fighting, some of the end fight scenes... And the car chases have clearly been augmented through a computer, and I'm just not impressed by that anymore. No, it's and especially post-Matrix. I mean, yeah. that's where the second and third Matrix films fell apart for me. It was just way too CGI. Yeah, I mean, if you have your CGI for like something like the Hulk or Iron Man flying through the sky, I'm right. okay with it. But using CGI to enhance a gunfight, eh. Yeah, it, 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 me, that's my it big, leaves me wanting. And this is my problem with Crystal Skull is, here's when I have a problem with CGI. When you're using CGI to do something that you could do with practical effects that you used to do with yeah. practical effects. Yeah, I mean that's the, the see see Star Wars original trilogy versus in you know, a sequel trilogy. Right. Yeah. yeah so. So yeah. I mean, some people are gonna dig it. I wasn't a big fan of it. It. I don't hate it. It just it's instantly forgettable. I left the theater and went, oh, okay, well move along. Before we do the top five, we have one call for you about I do believe something. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show with Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Hello, everybody. What's up? Hey, um, Aaron, I haven't heard anything about the rename42nd.org. Uh, recently. Yeah, I feel really bad because we haven't updated the web page in like five months. Basically what happens, I turned in the paperwork and it just got sucked away. Ding dong. I think Avon is calling, sir. It just kind of got stuck into a pit of bureaucratic nothingness. Um, I don't hear back from anybody, but then I opened the Mercury yesterday and see that City Hall is pushing a Chavez thing again. Again. If they start it, Rename 42nd will be bumped because, by law, you can only rename one street a year. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, we have to band together and do what it... I so, mean, look, I no disrespect to Cesar Chavez, but you are... You're I going was here through, first, damn it. you're going through all of the proper Yeah, channels. they are once again just strong-arming it through. You are going through all of the proper machinations to do this, so we yeah. will band together and I do this. I mean, shoot, the, the application no. was in carbon triplicate form. That's how long it's been since <laughs> someone's gonna, done it the legal okay. way. We're going to make sure it happens. All right, keep watching the website Wait, for details. Oh, I've got another question. Um, Aaron, are you a fan of Stargate SG-1? Uh, I don't have Sci-Fi Channel, so I didn't get a chance to watch any of it, unfortunately. Okay, well, the second movie is coming out um, July 29th, and I was wondering if it would be possible for you to set it up at the Mission Theater to watch it the following weekend. Uh, I'll Maybe. see what I can do. Uh-huh. Check geekinthecity.com, yeah, I'll, sir. Yeah, check Geek in the City. I'll see if I, I'll let you know when something's coming to town. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. All right, there you go. Here's your top five, five ladies and gentlemen. Four, three, two, one, fire. Wonderful counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love. We still haven't talked about Richie's hookers. We'll have to do that on Monday, I guess. Here's Tim Riley with your top five. These are the top five slow dance songs at Aaron's Senior Prom. What I will mention going to everything I do, <laughs> I do it for you. <laughs> Seems like this song comes up about every six weeks on the show. You can't really avoid it. I mean, I know this song came out in like '91. Yeah. I was boy dancing in seventh grade to this when you were dancing at your prom. Well, I mean, because it just yeah, it never went away. I remember um, it was on. We had a uh, K- KWNZ with Wild Bill Cody. 
Of course he had, you did. He had the, this was out of Reno. He plotted us out of Reno, and he had the top 10 team call in. Mm-hmm. This was number one for about 40 weeks. It was insane. Uh, it was number one in the country for 14 weeks. I was a top 40 DJ when this came out. You must love this song. I had to play this every shift. And we did this thing called the Hot 10 at 10. <laughs> and the Hot 10 at 10 was, of course, where people would call up all day and they would request a song. And then at 10 o'clock, you would count down the 10 most requested songs of the day. And this was number one forever, for freaking ever, yep. until it was finally knocked off by You Could Be Mine by Guns N' Roses. So <laughs> That's a bizarre way to yeah. go down. All right. Number Everything five. I do. Well, let's wait until Sarah gets uh, number four queued up. No, we're at number five. Oh, I'm sorry, number five, yeah. uh, or whatever whatever the next one is. It's what? The Return of the Innocents from the Enema album, The Crust. <laughs> Enema. <laughs> oh, is this the... Uh, this is Enigma, the... Uh, this isn't the Sademois no, song, no, is it? No, 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 not I the mea culpa one. I can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Uh, wait, is it playing? There it it's is. It's a slow it's a build, play? yeah, yeah. So do you just stand Eric. there to Eric. hear it? <laughs> How do you dance to this? You just kind of Oh, swing. God, I know yeah, this song. Yeah, you know this song. I think you know somebody who's going to dance to it. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> yes, yes, I do, Sarah. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you let the drama club... Sexy dance only. What? This is, what, this is the kind of list you get when you let the drama club plan the playlist. Totally, exactly. And they did, fools. Oh, I can... Oh, I want to smoke clove cigarettes and talk about the darkness. <laughs> I want to read Poe while trying to get to second base with some drama girl. Ew. You mean in the past, right? Not now. No, no, not now. <laughs> no, I have my sexy drama girl. <laughs> Yeah. I, I only know this because I think they used this on a commercial for, like, some soap. <laughs> it was like a woman washing her hair under a waterfall or something. Uh, Enigma also got used a lot in Party of Five. Really? Yeah. Nerd. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Counting down the top five songs from Aaron Duran's, the this top five songs from Aaron Duran's prom. Ladies and gentlemen, what would number four be, Tim Riley? The love song from a vampire by Any Lennox and Bram Stoker's Dracula soundtrack. And Bram Stoker. This was the song that played during the credits. This was the one song that the drama club really had to fight to stay on the playlist. Can I tell you I've never seen this movie? Really? Never. Uh, visually, it's beautiful. This it's is the not Coppola? Yeah. Yeah, I never saw it. I, I mean, I heard such mixed reviews, and then it was just gone before I had a chance to see it. Visually, it's gorgeous when you realize they filmed the whole thing on a soundstage. He wanted to film it like the original Dracula. Right. Zone. Okay, so where does Bram Stoker's Dracula fall, uh, fall down against uh, Interview with the Vampire? Oh, I'm interview. That's my. That's the one movie, believe it or not, I've seen the most times in the theater. Really? I've seen the Vampire seven times in the theater. Which just goes to see just how queeny I can be sometimes. This seems totally out of place in, in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Didn't it take place like 300 years ago? Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. It's played. Well, because the Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Coppola's version, has done like a love story. Right. So it's the tortured love as you're sipping fake absinthe. <laughs> what? Reading goth poetry to each other. Out of a giant goblet. Talk, yes, there is a giant goblet, I'll have you know. Reading your copy of the Necronomicon that you got at Barnes & Noble. Look, the Necronomicon is not sexy. Uh, uh-huh. It's badass, but it is not sexy. Whatever. Asking the Ouija board to give you the first name of your one true love. <laughs> Writing Spike and Drusilla uh, like fanfic. That wasn't out yet. No. Whatever. We were doing uh, Dark Shadows fanfic. You're such a tool. <laughs> Barnabas Collins is hot. You know what, right now, 
Christopher Morris is he's fist pumping the air when I mention Dark Shadows. Moving on. What? Top five. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> we gotta move. Uh, the, the, the Aaron Duran's top five prom slow dance songs. Number three, Amazing by Aerosmith from the album Get a Grip. Totally. Yeah. I know yeah. it's I know it's the nerd. sequel to Crazy. It's dumb to like this song, but I do. I love this song. I love Aerosmith. I love Aerosmith too. Everyone this, loves Aerosmith. This album got um, this album and got a, got God. a lot of flack <laughs> because they had three ballads that all. Sort of sound the same, crying crazy and amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a great song though, and yeah, it's, no. it's one of and it's just and what's great about it, it's just, it's a ballad, but it's not a love song. It's a ballad about uh, about Steven Tyler's you know drug recovery. Oh, I and didn't know that. Yeah, no, this is about recovery. Uh, this is about yeah, this is about him cleaning up and, and getting and getting straight, and it's got um, uh, Don Henley singing on it too. At the end, when you hear that, it's amazing. You'll hear Don Henley chiming in. This song also has one of the great endings of all time. Yeah. And don't forget, the light at the end of the tunnel, maybe you. Good night. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. And it also has back when she was still dropped in gorgeous Alicia Silverstone in the video. Well, she did all three. She did Crying, yeah. Crazy, and Amazing. And the then, trilogy. And then Crazy, or Crying, though. No, Crazy. See, crazy now I'm doing she it. She makes out with his daughter. That's, and how weird wow. is that in the, in the video for Crazy, where it's Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler, like, making out? And that's got to be weird if you're Steven Tyler. Probably not. You're Steven Tyler. That's true. Tyler. Steven Tyler Durden. Uh, all right. Uh, Aaron Duran's top five slow dance prom songs. Tim Riley. Number two, All for Love by Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. Yeah. Didn't we just play this? From yes. the Three Musketeers soundtrack. I have nothing to say about this. Sarah and I are getting down on this one. Listen to this harmony. It's magical. This song is great. I can't... Every time it comes on... Well, it never comes on the radio It never anymore. comes on the radio. <laughs> okay, every time it comes on my iPod, uh-huh. bastard. <laughs> I sing to it. I actually choose a role and then I stick with it. Oh, uh... Adam Stewart Sting asked... <laughs> What? I hadn't said anything funny for a minute, so I wanted to... <laughs> that was no one was paying attention to me. That, that's how they promoted this. They sent one sheets to radio stations saying, have you... This is true. Saying, have you added ass to your lineup? And then it was like A.S.S. It was, you know, because Adams, Stewart, oh, Sting. Yeah. That was literally how they marketed this song to radio stations. It was all kind of song to market with ass. No, it was stupid. And it was like, hey, listeners are going crazy for ass. Chris Paddock and I both have worked at radio stations where that marketing was used. Wow. Down to the top five slow dance songs from Aaron Duran. Here it comes. Oh. Number one, I Do Anything for Love, but I won't yeah. do that. Yes. Woo! the Meatloaf from the Bad Out of Hell 2 album. It doesn't seem like you could really slow dance to this. Didn't matter. The drama club demanded it. Okay. But this was a song written for drama nerds. Yeah, Tim I mean, Riley. Running for freedom. Running from the Matloaf. Uh, Tim Riley, greatest newsman, back at four, five, six, and seven, top of the hour, all the way through. Like us, I adore this song. Me too. My God, I was obsessed with this song in eighth grade, and I remember, <laughs> I remember the video. Oh, and I just it made this song so mysterious and cool, and that's when I. I really actually dressed like up as the meatloaf beast. Of course you did. <laughs> oh, by the way, we should note if you go to uh, Richie Bristol's website, richieradio.com, uh, he's uh, he's done a bit of. You're uh, talking on meatloaf. Rick. I'm sorry. I'll mention it when we get back. Is your squishy video up? Uh, probably. But that's not what we're talking about. What are you talking about? Nothing. Something else. Menu? No. He's doing the sketch comedy thing. Is it bad? Richie. I didn't say that. Mm. Well, mm. I'm sure if it's Richie, he's aware that it's bad. Yeah. 
RichieRadio.com. Swing back and forth. We are total nerds. I'm trying not to just start belting it out. Hey, can I uh, can I move David? Uh, yeah, move it to like us. Yeah. All right. Now I feel like I got to try to remember what my five prom songs were. Except I don't think I could. I, I only remember two. Oh, we should all do that. I'll do mine too. Let's do it next week. All right. Back after this to wrap it up with Aaron Geek in the City Duran. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Should we just take random calls, do you think? Absolutely. All right. Random calls till the end of the program. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good day, Rick Emerson. Sarah, did you get the VHS tape? No. Uh, I put a copy of uh, Circle of Friends up on the front counter for you yesterday. Oh, and that's in my that's on my desk. Yeah. Oh, awesome! I love that movie so much. Yeah. Thank no, you. Re- see me before you go. Oh, I'm gonna snag. I'm gonna watch that this Sarah, afternoon. Sarah, see me in my office before you go. Hey, uh, small request for for a guy out there on the street. Do you think that you could come up with five different versions of the Independence Day in less than an hour for all next week? I think I have five in my inbox. I've got a Spanish one, I've got a computer voice one, I've and I've got, got the regular one. I've got a German one. You I've have got... the German one, really? German I've got a French I can get you a French one. Okay, there and we go. There's, there's a high-speed one as well, where he's talking really fast. All right, done and done. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Looking forward to it. Thank yeah, you. No, I'm glad you mentioned it. I forgot about that. Yeah, I have that v- a guy dropped that tape off for you. It's, or I guess him. Uh, so that's on my that's on my desk. I'll give it to you when we're done. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Can I say you're, you're a jerk? You're talking about all these great things you're going to do next week, and I'm going to be gone. What great things are we going to be doing Wait, next week? Where are you oh, all, be? The, all these high school. I'm on vacation going to Wyoming, but I do have eight gigabytes worth of podcasts. Excellent. Thank you, sir. IPod. All right, then. So either my wife will love you by the end of the week, or she will hate you and me. <laughs> uh, wives typically hate me most of the time anyway, so, well, you know. she's kind of a geek, too, so. All right. Then I tell you, we moved our door-to-door thing. We went to this guy's house, Terry and I, and we were like, hey, thanks for listening. And it was a you know, guy, and his he and his son listened, and the wife sort of lurked in the background the whole time, staring at us from the kitchen. <laughs> uh, and then you you knew afterward that that guy was just going to get a pummeling, and there was going to be no sexy time of any of any sort. Mm-hmm. All I right. made her go to the list party. Healthy. And she had a great time with that. Excellent. She wasn't able to listen to it at work. All right. Thank you, sir. Travel right, safe, you. my friend. All right. I will do so. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Two quick things. First off, in Germany, people own the solar panels and sell the energy to the government. Okay. And also, just so I share, because you're a strange geek, I have a 3,000-piece Lego Star Destroyer. Awesome. Entirely built. Of course you do. All right. Thank you, sir. No goodbye. Oh, goodbye. 
again. Have you seen the new one that comes with like 30 minifigs? It just came out. It's a huge cross-section of the, of the Death Star. No, but awesome. can I tell you this? I did see an article the other day where they had a video. Uh, they have a camera that went into the Lego vault. I've seen that. Where there is every, every Lego thing that has ever existed is in the Lego company vault. Every yeah. Lego thing that has ever So bad. He ate a whole thing of candy beans. <laughs> uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, everybody. What's up? I just wanted to say thanks for making me look like a total dork. Yes, sir. What do you mean? I was sitting up the corner of 185th and Baseline, and Meatloaf came on, and of <laughs> course I started singing it. And then I looked over it to, to another delivery driver, and he's sitting there belting it out. We both looked at each other, gave us devil horns, and turned separate ways. That's so <laughs> that's awesome. the best call of the week Ooh, right oh there. Oh, my God, that's our last call. That's our last call. Thank you, sir. Continue to spread the word, my friend. All right. All right, drive safe. Excellent. Let's go out on that one. Wow. Aaron, Geek in the City, Duran, the new episode of Film People Radio up today. Episode 104 is that. We review Wally and Wanted. Very cool. All right, we want to thank uh, Adrian Middleton and Christopher Chapman. The website is fitness-works.org. We also want to thank Jim Roop, Steve Kassim, I'm Lisa Desjardins. Join us next uh, Monday when we'll talk about Richie Bristol and whores. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970. Uh, the talker in the newsroom, Tim Riley, and the phone's Richie Bristol, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. Um, the Director of Engineering, Brian Jones, and CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru, Susan Donat with me, Reynolds. Have a good week, and be safe. Don't let the bastards grind it down. I'm huge. Bye now. <laughs>